Coming up on this episode of Bro, Do You Even Talk Pinball? A pinball machine tries to commit arson. We've got a reveal of a brand new game announcement. We've got a review of Rush. And we're also going to re-review, or at least do, uh, we're going to go back and take a look at Mandalorian Premium. Let's put it like that. All that and more coming right up. of pinball podcasting nick lane and kevin manny of buffalo pinball boom shakalaka it's us (laughs) what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of brody even talk pinball it's episode 70 we've done 70 of these suckers it's august 15th 2022 nick lane what's going on i don't know why you gave him the opportunity to fucking dunk on us again (laughs) like i really Uh, don't he uh, it, it was like a double he he knew what he was doing because he's like i'm gonna stop during like one of our most popular songs talk trash on these guys and then just go back to it so it's like i'll give him a shout out but i'll also like twist the knife a little bit while i'm doing it so yeah he, i mean we can we might as well address the elephant in the room first of all um you know kudos to kudos to ed for for beating us but i mean he beat us on a game that he like this one game that he plays like a million times all right Let's, let's let's just uh just talk about that. And second of all, you know that's a gift. He, he got he he got to beat the bro crew. That's the best thing that happened to him all day. So congratulations. I'm just really what I'm really more salty about though is um I was I was crushing him on the insider connected like global tournament thing for Rush, which was like a good point of pride because they only had the game for like the they, they Stern was doing that tournament. The day I got the game, and then that motherfucker uh, <laughs> beat me. Like I was like, I, I I put in a score that was like twentieth in the world, and he I I look up, I was so excited, ready to send it to him, ready to rub it in, and then I see he's sitting at seventeenth with like a billion more than I had. I had like three billion, four billion. He had five. Um, so I'm really salty about that. But uh, yeah, kudos to him. That's good. Listen, he's never beaten. All right, let me put it this way. I'm getting, uh, getting riled up early. <laughs> That's all it took. Ed, you did it. He's never... He he always wins on his games. 
And uh, when we play one of our games, he loses. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, we have you video know, evidence you know? of us beating him on, in yeah. football. He's yeah, just no, able to be on stage in front of like no. 20,000 people, you know? He beat us on his Star Trek, all right? And I beat him on my uh, Walking Dead. So we got to play a neutral game. That's okay. all. You can come to my house and play uh, Toy Story together. You both will love that. Yeah, I can't believe you put that on there again. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's get we got a show to do. All right, uh, let's get right into the news. Here's yeah. the tip. It's the latest pinball news. Show hunt. It's on fire. All right, let's kick it off by remembering Wayne Nyans. He was the uh, prolific game designer, mostly with Gottlieb. Uh, he just passed away at the the ripe old age of 104 years old. Uh, this was on July 31st. Uh, he was in hospice with his two daughters, Patty and Phyllis, in attendance when he died on Saturday, the July 30th. If you don't know Wayne, uh, pinballnews.com does a great write-up on him here. He says, Wayne's life in pinball spanned five decades and saw enormous changes across the industry in a way the games were designed, built, and sold, and played. After a short stint working at Western, Wayne joined Gottlieb in 1939. It was there that he found his true home under the wing of David Gottlieb. He designed nearly 160 production pinball machines while he was there, starting with his first college days and concluding with the Spirit of 76, a game Wayne confidently predicted would sell over 10,000 units. He was proof correct, and the president of the company presented Wayne with the 100,000th machine. This became the only pinball Wayne kept at his home. Eventually, he donated it to the Pacific Pinball Museum. Wayne's first game for which he was the sole diner was College Days from August of 1949. So he worked from 1949 to 1979, or 1976. Um, Wayne had been working under game designer Harry Mabs, but when Harry left to join Williams, 31-year-old Wayne stepped up. He remained at Gottlieb throughout the rest of his career, notching up numerous industry firsts, including the Adaball system to facilitate operating pinball machines in regions where replays couldn't be rewarded, and the first multiplayer electromechanical game. By the time of his final game, Spirit of 76, March 1976, Wayne had progressed to Vice President of Engineering and Product Development. So, man, 160 pinball machines in, in a career over the, the span of like 40 years, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, that's 160 here. more than Ballarama. <laughs> that's right. We have so many, so many other folks to talk about who will never design a pinball machine, but you got to give credit where credit's due, and Wayne definitely earned it. All those industry first, all those great machines. Uh, if you see one of his games out there, definitely give it a give it a flip, and uh, and and uh, raise a glass to to Wayne. So thanks, Wayne, for all your great games, and uh, Thank you, everything Wayne. you did for the for the hobby. Um, let's do let's do the partner things before we uh, the the train fully leaves the station. All right, all right, all right. Uh, we can thank some partners. All right, Nick Lane, thanks a partner. Sure, sure. We're gonna give a shout out to a premier premium sponsor, Pincidium, Pincidium Lights Lighting Kits. To add on to your pinball machine, uh, they're controlled by an app, iOS, Android. You can use coupon code BUFFALO to save 10%. Highly, highly recommend, especially on on, on your darker games. You, you definitely need it. I see that. Deadpool is, everybody owns a Deadpool now. If you have a Deadpool and you don't have pin stadium lights on there, how do you even know what's going on in that game? Uh, grab a set of pin stadiums for them. Pinwoofer.com, uh, one of our newest sponsors. I, I saw my email today. My kit shipped for... Rush. Somebody asked me if I have a pro or premium. I have Rush Premium. So my kit shipped today. I'm really excited. Um, he's got a brand new designed uh, back box and I think a cabinet speaker. And he's just like, it's, he told me it's going to blow me away. So I can't wait to put it in there. We'll talk about it 
Um, next podcast, I'll give you my thoughts on it. I think we'll, we'll, we'll have Dan Dean on just to talk about, you know, upgrading sound on a pinball machine and to learn a little bit more. He's very passionate about it. And that's the kind of people that we like to work with. So pinwoofer, uh, flipping out pinball, flipping out pinball.com. The, the only place I swear to God, the, I can't imagine somebody offering better customer service than Zach Matty. And he brought, uh, on board his boy, Greg bone. So, you know, there you go. What a dynamic duo. They're pretty good at putting on pinball content. They're even better at taking care of you and selling pinball machines. That's flippingoutpinball.com. Titan pinball, silicone rings, pinballs. Um, <laughs> they've got tools. They've got my favorite pinball mod, which is the clear flipper button cabinet protectors that are they're static clean. If you mess up putting them on, you don't destroy your game. It's awesome. Had I known that and can go back in time, I would have saved thousands of dollars on this powder coating rabbit hellhole that I've di- dived down. So, Titan Pinball, I love you. You're just a little late to the party, but I still love you. All right? Uh, pinballraffle.org. You know, support a charity. Do something good and maybe win a pinball machine. Head over to pinballraffle.org for your chance to win a Stern almost each and every month. And pinside.com. Pinside. Oh, my God. It's a place where mental health issues are showcased as, as adults talk about pinball machines and what's going on in pinball. I love pinside.com. Buy, sell games, rate games. Hey, you, you just got into the pinball hobby and you have no idea what a good game is? Don't let that stop you from rating a game. Just hop right in. Hop right in. It's pinside.com, everybody. I love it. <laughs> Comet Pinball, cometpinball.com. OG sponsor, lights for your pinball machines, LEDs. All right, get those... Uh, Take your Spirit of 76, rip out those incandescents, all right, and throw some LEDs into them. That's CometPinball.com. And last but not least, Jersey Jack Pinball, making the most beautiful pinball machines on the planet. Thank you, Jersey Jack. There you go, Jersey Jack. I'm representing today. Oh, shit. You know, uh-huh. I, wanted to wear my, I wanted to wear my hat, you know, Wait, that I got. You got, you got the board giveth and the board oh, take it. I got mine. Of course you do, but I got I to gotta wear it. Nah, I can fucking now, goddamn Now I can really it. confuse everybody because I have the board hat and the JJP shirt, so... Which yeah, team awesome. am I on? Because you can only be on one pinball machine team. You you can't like more than one uh, manufacturer, so you have to pick a side, um, Stern or Jersey Jack or or Multimorphic or Spooky. You can only like one. That's a, that's the only thing I've learned in my, all of my years of pinball. You have to be a show for one company and one company only. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to uh, shout out to Ag who made that awesome hat design. It says the Borg give it giveth. And the Borg taketh, and that is that is a hundred percent true for anybody who's played a John Borg game. You know, you're cruising along, having a good game. All of a sudden, it hits a slingshot, and the slingshot power gets jacked up by like 10x, and it shoots into an out lane. That's it. That's a John Borg game. God bless him. Hits that, God bless that, the hat. that double in lane post and psh, pops out. There Everything you got, got Borg. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You, you really did. All right. There we go. Let's 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 uh, get back on the track here. All right. Before. Before we, I'm going to throw this in here too at the, the top of the show. Thank you to everybody in chat who had the hype train going. Appreciate all the bits and subs and, and, and hype you got going in chat. If you want to support the stream in other ways, uh, you can follow us on social media. It's all at the bottom of your screen there, Buffalo Pinball, wherever you go. Uh, email us, talkpinball at gmail.com if you got questions, feedback. Uh, if you want to talk about something we talked about on the show, we'll, we'll read your email on the show. Follow and sub us on Twitch. Uh, you can use your Prime sub if you have one of those. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime and uh, you get one free sub a month, you can give that to us. Uh, talk pinball or uh, buffalopinball at gmail.com if you want to send some PayPal cash money, or you could drop a review on your favorite podcast listening service. 
Uh, we would appreciate any and all of those ways to support the show. All right, back to the news. See, we got to keep you on your toes. Here's the tip. It's there the it latest again. pinball news. So hot, it's on fire. All I right, spice no, up all the ads now. You do. So if you skip the ads, it's your loss. <laughs> uh, next in news, uh, speaking of companies that do make pinball machines, uh, this is the next machine from Pinball Brothers. Well, you're uh, counting your, your your chickens before they hatched, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I, I that was that was posed as sort of a question. It, yeah, they have right. shipped pinball machines, so I'll give them credit for that. Whether or not they stay working, you you be the judge of that because I don't own any, so I can't say from firsthand experience. But what I've seen is questionable. All right, Queen, uh, they revealed this again. So last year, if you'll remember, they had a uh, they had a sneak preview of this game at like a Queen pop up shop in England, uh, in London, I think it was. Oh yeah, it says right here, at a pop-up store in London in September 2021, Swedish pinball company Pinball Brothers have today officially announced the launch of their Queen Pinball Machine. Um, they announced two different versions. The Champions Edition will cost US $92.95, while the Rhapsody Limited Edition costs an additional $1,700 for a total of $10,995. As with the Pinball Brothers' current title, Alien, Queen Games will be built by Pedretti Gaming in Milan, Italy. Rhapsody Limited Edition is limited to 1,000 units and features illuminated artwork on the cabinet interior and on the back panel, a shaker motor, special shooter rod, not shown in these pictures, gold-colored metalwork, gold-colored cabinet, and backpack are packaged, a numbered plaque and certificate. All very, very exciting things. So um, uh, what, what do you think about Queen, Nick? So I'm not a Queen fan, but then again, I'm not a fan of a lot of these bands that come out and I end up liking it. So it's not so much what do I think of like Queen as as the title. I, I just don't have any confidence in Pinball Brothers to produce a game that I would even be tempted to get. So it seems like a wasted license, unfortunately. And, you know, people have kind of picked apart what's going on in the game. Like there's the inserts don't match the art in terms of like the, like it might be like the, the art around like where the insert should be is like a circle, but the insert's like a triangle and how it lights up. <laughs> like it's just like these really sloppy things. And and you you look at something like that, and that's like that's indicative of what one might expect from it. It's like slapdash, half-baked, here it is, it's queen. And inevitably queen fans will buy it. So yeah, maybe they don't need to go all out and fix things. So I, I don't know, man. I would never buy a, a game from this company that has when they're competing against like something like Stern, right? Like I can just imagine the problems you're going to have with it. It's that's in fairness. I've not played it. I've not seen it, but we know the history of alien. We know that there's work involved when you buy these games and there's just too much risk. Yeah. So my understanding of the history of this game is this is another one that was actually designed at highway. I think it was originally going to be a wide body game and they scaled it down to a standard body game. So that could be why some of the, weird art doesn't line up and stuff like that i don't know i'm just just speculating here but um it's a it, so they, they're taking this other design i can't remember who this was credited to it may have been uh barry ausler um and 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 moving forward with these uh assets that were designed under um under highway so i don't know it, it's also like how taking a, a wide game and squeezing it into the 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 standard body game is that gonna make the game shoot weird? I don't know. Did they remove shots? I haven't done like a side by side comparison to to see, but it 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 does raise some red flags. And like you said, the build quality 
Like, I, I like Alien a lot as a game. I play James's quite a bit. But everything he tells me is like, it just breaks all the time. So I would, <laughs> I, I would, I was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, I'll just, if, if this game is cool and like James always fixes his games and he's getting that, the LE. And so he's going to be selling in a standard. I was like, well, maybe I'll get that from him, play that game for a while. But I, I can't bring myself to, to pull the trigger on that game because of the, the build issues with that. So unless yeah, they really you. turn around their quality, <laughs> I won't be buying this one. Well, because, I mean, you're busy enough in life, and you yeah. play pinball not to fix it, right? Like, you pay, play pinball because you want to play it. And you, we all understand that you own these machines. There's some tweaking you have to do. But honestly, you know, you buy a new inbox game, and you shouldn't be fixing it all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's that's always... That's not a revolutionary thing. Like, that's no. not a crazy thing that I'm saying. Like, no. There's always stuff to to fix on pinball machines. Yes, we get that, but there's there's different levels of it, right? There's like, okay, I'm gonna have one or two things to tweak out of the box, and then eventually rubbers are gonna break and things like that, or boards are gonna break down, switches aren't gonna work, you know, all sorts of crazy crap like that. So where, yeah, where games, your tolerance level is, you know, it's gonna differ for everybody. When's the last time you fixed something on on Tron? Um. I think most of the stuff I fixed on that is like like the di the disc rubber and stuff, but that's because I swapped it for a different one. It's it's there's a it's a pretty straightforward game though. There's not a lot of yeah. like crazy mechs and stuff like that. So the more the, complicated the like, stuff you get in there, there the game's the, like ten years old. Well, right. I think the reruns twenty fourteen, but you know yeah. you've not been messing around with it. Nope, nope. It's pretty solid. You've, you've enjoyed the hell out of it. I have. I crushed yeah. it at that tournament too, and then I played like crap on every game after that. So. <laughs> that's that's how my tournament went we'll talk about that some more later yeah. all right that's enough queen like i don't care enough about that game we just had to mention it uh multimorphic's got some updates uh let's pop over there uh yep that's where we go so they released a, a big new update for rio dale's museum of natural hilarity added a bunch of uh new features like the you make me mini wizard mode drink from the fire hose mode which is cool it's a, a ball save mode where you get a bunch of shots at the the side ramp the Dare to Be Stupid multiball is updated, uh, updated UHF multiball, and much more. Uh, that's all up at multimorphic.com if you want to update your Weird Al. If you've gotten it, if not, it's going to be a while there. The increases of demand, as well as the part supply problems, forced them to announce that the wait time has increased. Uh, but, you know, not a surprise. That's pretty much across the board for everybody. Everybody's waiting for pinball machines these days. They also announced that prices are going to be going up. Also not a surprise. That also happening across the board. Uh, not taking place until September 1st, though. So if you want one of the current games, you can lock it in at today's price with a deposit. So um, the the new prices for each of the the modules is going to be $3,500 for Weird Ale, $3,250 for Heist, $3,000 for Cosmic Cart, $3,000 for Lexi Lightspeed, or $1,800 for Cannon Lagoon. Um, the base price of the P3 is not going up. That's remaining at $8,300. So um, jump in now if you want to get one. Uh, it, you also, you know, get in line. Uh, I had everybody else who's going to order too. So it's a, it's a great time to to grab one if that's what you're looking at. Um, let's see. Oh, speaking of P P3, uh, let's come back over here. I have the distinct honor of being one of two play testers on M Nick Baldridge's Next game for the P3, it's a game called Drained. If you've been keeping an eye on the uh, pin side thread, he's got a thread where he's shown the white wood of it, detailed uh, uh, updates as far as what what's going on with the the development of the game. This is his first physical module for the P3. 
he has um he's done a number of software games like Ranger in the Ruins, Silver Falls, uh, Quest for Glory, which we haven't seen yet because of licensing stuff. And what's the other one? I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the other one. Uh, he's done too much, but this is drained. Uh, and I can show this because he showed this on uh, social media today. So this is a one of the promo postcards for it. Uh, it's actually a record. So it, it reminded me of those records that McDonald's did back in the day where you could like win a million dollars by singing the, the, the song, uh, the, the menu song. Uh, but there's also a, um, a QR code where you can download the, the digital version of this. It's a medley of a bunch of the songs in it. Um, and he shared some of the music so I can, so I was like, how much of this can I talk about? Cause I'm a tester. He hasn't shown it's all to the, to the public yet. He said, everything's fair game except for the art. So I won't talk about the art. This is the only art that we've seen. Um, and, um, the game is a retro, retro feel. So when I play it, it gives me like the vibe of playing TNA except with the vampires. So you're, you're playing through it. So instead of like destroying reactors, you're battling against different vampires. It's a, there's a gobble hole. It's got a lot of cool retro features. So it's got a gobble hole on it. There's a physical bell under the play field. There's also a uh, physical knocker on the bottom of the play field. It's got a bunch of stand-up targets, drop targets, kickers up top, stand-up targets in the front. Um, and then that integrates with the the uh, modern uh, technology of the P3. So there's no ramps, single level, old school play field. Uh, you got to really give it some nudging action when it's at the top. So it reminds me of old EMs in that way. When you get it up top, you want to nudge it around and try and get as many the the targets up there as you can while you can to uh to to progress through the different parts of the game and then then get your battle on with the with the vampires and it's cool so you have to defeat the vampire by hitting the gobble hole which means you lose your ball but there's a way to bring in a second ball before you do that you can bring in a a friend to help you is in the theme of the game that um so you can bring out a two ball and then if you can crush that um gobble hole while you have two balls in play you get to keep playing so there's a way to to skillfully keep your ball in play or you can just try to defeat like five it's a five ball game so you can defeat five vampires with uh with single balls so i've done that i have not done more than five so um that's that's my next step so there's a good risk risk reward in the game it's very much a, a um simple to learn difficult to master kind of game and if you want like an old school feel mixed with modern tech i think that uh, drained is going to be a big hit and the art the art is cool i'll tell you that <laughs> it's, it's it's cool it's cool uh and that's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna give any more hints i don't want to get in trouble with nick because i like nick a lot and he's a super cool guy and he does awesome work so check out drained more coming soon and uh the the music is really good uh it's it's if you like castlevania like 8-bit castlevania style music this is right up that alley all right so um check that out from nick baldridge and for amusement only games he's got a new uh company name and uh they have a logo the logo is not on here but he's shown that on online so check out drain very excited for everybody to get the uh, handle on that the, the software is very beta at this point still lots to come that he's posted there's we have a little beta testers chat so i, I have a, a glimpse of what's to come there from from nick uh, so i'm really full, looking forward to seeing what else comes in the game because it's already uh really fun so good job nick uh, keep crushing it on the P3. No pricing yet. No pricing. <laughs> awesome. So there you go. So that's your that's your your sneak peek at Drained. Uh, and thanks again to to Nick for letting me do that. 
I get my initials as default high score initials on a pinball machine. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, is that what you get for shilling? That's what I get for shilling. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't have the, the P3 shirt on. I'm sorry. I'm very confused about all my shilling today. I should, I should have like a P3 pair of shorts or something. Um, what else? Oh, Stern. Let's talk about Stern. Nick can start, talk about Stern. Let's talk about home team. Oh, yeah. So home team came out since we last did a podcast, which must have been a while ago. I mean, like it was June like a month ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, home team is an is both an obvious and very welcome feature from Stern. So I think a couple of weeks ago, actually literally the day that I got my Godzilla or Martha's Godzilla, I should say, um, Stern updated like 18 of their games, something, something crazy. Right. And the, the, the gist of like this, all these games getting updated was the new feature home team and home team is pretty simple. So this is for the games with insider connected, you know, when you're at home and you got to fumble around for your phone to log in, this eliminates that. So what you do when you set up your pinball machine, you enable the home team feature. It's, um, in the settings, you got to turn it on by default. It's got to be on free play, I believe, as well. Um, you go maybe to the network setting, and you kind of you can log up to eight profiles in there. Think like Xbox, right? Xbox, you have your your profile. Maybe you have other people in your house. They have a profile. It's like that. And then before you start a game, you hold down the left flipper. It will come up with those profiles. You select which profiles will be playing that game, and then uh, you're good to go. You start the game up, and your profile's there. So you don't have to worry about scanning uh for a qr code anymore with all your home games i love it it's really nice and the other thing that i don't think we've talked about on stern insider connected but which is which has been there and this is not new is that when you get a new game instead of having to go through the menu system and you know input your um your router pass your wi-fi password and all that all you do is scan uh, this qr code from like another game and it will just set up everything so setup's a breeze i think they're they're really doing a good job with Insider Connected. I, I loved um, the tournaments that they've been doing. It's I think th- I think they're on like a two week schedule. Um, I got lucky where you know last month they like yeah early Ju- July on the day I got Rush Premium they came they had like a two week Rush tournament and then they had a two week Mandalorian tournament which was the other game I had just gotten. Um, so that was really cool. I think they they are were doing Jurassic Park right now. Um, I, I love it. I love insider connected. I think it's fantastic. You know, it's all for fun, right? There's nothing really on the line other than, than bragging. Sure. People have their games set up differently. They could in theory cheat, but a lot of the people that you see up at the top, you just, you know, they're not, you, you know, they're legit people. And I think like the person who actually came in first and got like something ridiculous on rush, which was like 18 billion. I think his game was filmed so you can go back and watch that. Um, but I, I, I love it, man. I love, it, it gets me playing the games. It gets me just seeing how good I can do, um, versus other people. It, it's, uh, it's such a cool thing and it's such a thing that's like, yeah, of course pinball machines should be connected to the internet. Of course we should have that. Um, but I think Stern's really crushing it now. They just need to make an app. They need to make some other functionality, like being able to send friend requests right now. It's kind of weird. You, if you know somebody's name, you can follow them, but they don't even get to see that you're following them and they don't get to like kind of respond back. So there's still, I think more that needs to be done, but I'm loving it. I, I ran a tournament on our machine at Masuda Chow's for Godzilla and people really seem to like that. I think I did like a three week time period. Um, you know, I had like 10 people play, which 
for us, it's hard to judge if that's good or bad, but that's better than we were doing for selfie tournaments towards the end. And I'm going to try to build off that and I ordered some more insider connected kits. So I think Kev will do one at, um, on the Mandalorian at community beer works. Uh, I get the venue to throw in some prizes. I think the top prize at the Masuda Childs one's like 20 bucks for first place. So not a lot just because we don't have a huge turnout, but, um, you know, for those doing a route, the owners of Masuda Childs, they commented, they're like, yeah, we saw, you know, people coming in and they can tell that they were there to participate in that, you know, that high score tournament. So that's a lot of fun. And I think at some of these locations, and again, kind of talking to operators or even as a customer, you can, you can, you know, ask your operator to do this or ask the bar to do this. Um, what'd be really cool is they have the functionality in there that you can just put up a, like a TV screen and just have that high score board up at all times. It's not really something that's easy to do at the venues that we have based on the layout and everything. I wouldn't go that far in asking them to invest in that, but there's, you know, there's locations that in, in bigger cities that have more of a presence and I, I, I just love it. I'm really really happy with Insider Connected, really happy with the way it developed it. I was waiting for so long for them to come out with these features and it's great that it's finally there. Makes me want to have all my games to have, um, you know, have the spike system with Insider Connected. Like I look at Walking Dead and, you know, that used to be one of my favorite games and it's like, to me, that game's like on the chopping block because I'm, I'm out of space and if like another amazing game comes along, it's that kind of gets the nudge, right? When it's got the LCD um, better stereo sound and now insider connected is kind of starting to push out these older games. Well, it's really the, the shame of the, the split ecosystems that the manufacturers have now of like everybody was able to agree on one standard, like, like Scorbit or something like that. Like Scorbit works on all, all machines, but Stern keeps locking them out, you know? So they're obviously they have invested all this money into insider connected. So it makes sense that they want folks to use their system, but it would be nice if there was one universal system where all of these machines could be on there and then you could bring your walking dead online with, uh, online connectivity and things like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. You're, you're absolutely right. I think Stern does it so much better than score bit that I've just, you know, when I was at your house, I didn't once log in with score bit. Yeah. I'm not saying score bit is the connection is, is the solution. I'm just saying, right. It'd be nice if there was a, a solution that worked across all the games that everybody liked. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Stern, again, is 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 was my complaint on Scorbit. And you brought this up. You were like, uh, you were giving me a hard time when we were talking to Attack. And you were saying, oh, I'll ne- you'll, I'll, uh, you said, oh, Nick, you told me one time on the podcast you'll never use this or something. And I was like, well, it's not exactly what I said. I, it, like the Scorbit, I don't think is good because they never like, at least when I was using it or, you know, this is six months, a year ago. They weren't resetting scores, right? Like new new updates come out. What Stern has figured out, what they've done a good job of is having these like limited time tournaments and these like two-week brackets. So it's not this open-ended thing, right? Like it's not just there forever. It, it creates that urgency and you're like, oh, I've got two more days left if I want to get in the top 100 scores, right? And like both of the ones I played in Mandalorian and, and Rush, I was able to get in the top 100. Like I think Rush was like, you know, the top 30. That's... That's a lot of fun now, but if it was like this open-ended, like this ongoing scoreboard that never changes, even when they have updates and never resets, like it wouldn't work. It'd be a big, it'd be a huge failure. You'd have apathy set in. Um, but again, they're, they're doing it right. And I think, um, 
I know that I mean like it's not like Jersey Jack doesn't have this, but you've got this is the value of having tournament players right at Stern, right? Because they they get that competitive mindset and some of these tweaks that they need to do to really get the most out of Insider Connected. Yeah, well, Jersey Jack definitely has tournament players, but I, they're not Scorbit's, doing Scorbit though. Scorbit's run yeah. by uh, like a whole third party. Correct. It, it definitely. Scorbit, they came out strong and they're like rolling out all these features and they had achievements before Stern and it really feels yeah. like it's stalled, like features wise. Like they just got it out, they did all this stuff, and then it's like, that's it. <laughs> They've just been fixing bugs and stuff. I like, I don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, yeah well, they, they step it up. I don't think they can compete with Stern at this point, right? Well, I mean, I, there's most of the machines I, out there are Sterns. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it depends how much, uh, how much re- resources they have to put into it at Scorbit. They're they're just a small team, as far as I know. Uh, do they have the resources of a Stern? Probably not. So, um, I guess stay tuned on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? Oh, Nick Lane. There is an epidemic in pinball. I know you've seen it. Everybody's seen it. If you've been on, <laughs> if you've been on social media, if you've been uh, on Facebook, Pinside, you've definitely seen it. Let's uh, let's show you what this uh, this epidemic is. It's it's Ugh. the Towel dust cover epidemic. Yes. You, you know, if you got a pinball machine, you got to have a matching beach towel with that matches the theme of the pinball machine. And Nick and I brought this up at one point, And since we brought it up, I see it all the time. Uh, so there, there's some nice... Yeah, John Borg, speaking of Borg, he actually reposted this. That's, that's how I saw this one. Um, and then we have uh, this one, which is a... <laughs> This was in response to, I think, the, the original dust cover. This guy's like, well, I'm happy with this solution, which costs almost nothing because there's been a, uh, a big uptick in interest in dust covers on your pinball machine. So this oh, there's a, no shortage of it. When, this, let's, let's, where do we begin, Kevin? I mean, like, when did this phenomenon start happening? Oh, my God. I don't know. It, this, is, this is a yoga mat for those at home. This is, not, this is not a matching towel. But then you've got this one, which is – so I, I was like, let me go on Pinball Enthusiasts on Facebook and just search for towels. And this came up. So these are like the the floor squares. You know what I mean? Those like the, oh, the, the interlocking floor tiles. That's worse that than the, that's worse. That's worse than the fucking towels. Uh, so those are your interlocking floor padded floor tiles on your, on your <laughs> pinball machine. And then uh, not just for go. standing on. No, exactly. There's a there's a Star Wars with a matching Star Wars. So, oh God, it's so bad. Nick, Nick please share your thoughts on on towels. Dust covers on top of your pinball machines. Thought you would never ask, Kevin. So I went into that that first pick that you posted, and I was like, you know, just just wait till these guys discover glass. Not only does it protect against dust, but you can actually see your game at the same time. What a what a phenomenal thing! Imagine that, dude. It's dust. <laughs> they they figured out that you put glass over the game to protect it against dust, dirt, spills, whatever. You know and how if, long it ta- you know how long it takes. First of all, how much dust is getting on your game where you're like, "Oh my god, I got to cover it up. I can't see my game. There's so much dust. Let's put a towel on top of it." <laughs> I, I think I mentioned this the last time. I don't even say it again. I remember hearing when the P3 was just making its launch, uh, and and I've heard similar complaints about like LCDs and back boxes, like they don't look cool when they're turned off. It's like if you're just gonna cover your pinball machines with blankets, anyways. Who cares what it looks like when it's turned off? <laughs> I will say, when I had my old garage, I did throw a tarp over my games because that garage was a hot mess. <laughs> so I would at least do that. And there was windows and everything. Uh, but if you got your, your games in a nice room, 
there's really no reason to, to to cover them up like that. And then what do you do when the towels get dusty? Do you have towels for your towels? You know yeah, what I mean? Towels on towels. You got another the, towel. You throw on the towel. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take your towels off, throw them in the wash. But then when you're washing your towels, your pinball machines are getting dusty, and then it all goes. Yeah. To oh, shit. you have people over. You gotta take all the towels off. Where do you throw them? I mean, like, it's just a pain in the ass. And then you spend money on towels. Or you can just wipe it down with Windex or whatever whatever cleaning solution. Like, this is not a real problem you're solving for. And I say this as somebody who has severe like OCD when it comes to pinball. Dude, this was not a thing like more than two years ago. Nobody did this that I was ever known or ever aware of. I've never seen photos like this. This is like some weird new phenomenon that is like caught on. I, 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 have, I don't get it. Now... Kevin, you gave your your example when you threw a tarp. When I had my first game, it was in like a sunroom. So I put a whole cover over it because, you know, I remember seeing things like Johnny Numana getting faded in the sun and like, look, the sun will there's 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 sun damage. So maybe if you're maybe if you're doing that for sun damage, but I, I'm guessing in most cases that's not the thing. It's for dust. I, I think people are just looking for ways to spend more money, and this is a good way Correct. to spend more money. Uh, it's not and, a good way to spend more money though that's what you you were right you're right up to a point kevin it is I mean, a way to spend more money full sure. stop it d- does it take your money yes <laughs> does it make your game way. look worse you spend yeah. nine thousand dollars on a game and then you fucking throw a beach towel over it might as well hide it <laughs> i love like if i'm down in the basement i like seeing the games like i like seeing them there's something about it what a crazy idea what it's, a crazy a, it's like a work of art, even when you're not playing it. Like you can just see this work of art that looks amazing. People fucking buy bookshelves and they put Funko Pop and they put little dolls. Why? <laughs> I mean, those are cheap, stupid dolls and action figures, but they want to show it off. Why are you not showing off a nine thousand dollar pinball machine? It's like buying a stupid Funko Pop thing and then throwing a towel over it so nobody sees it. It's gonna get dust on it. You put the towel over it, your Funko Pops don't get dusty. There you go. Yeah, well, you the Funko Pop have... doesn't have glass a glass enclosure though. Yeah, yeah get out. Well, they're they're well, the box. They're protected. Box. Exactly. Yeah. You could get except you could get like uh, uh, washcloths for the the Funko Pops. I want to see. I want to see somebody put out a treatise called "In Defense of Pinball Towels." <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's I want to see a well written piece on it. You know what we need is like the response video on YouTube. In in response, the the react video to this video. So, all right, you want to talk about our favorite topic on the podcast, which is non manufacturer pinball updates. Let's uh, I think we need it. We need like an intro or a theme song for this. But um, this is this is our favorite returning topic. It's where we we highlight all the people who say they're going to make pinball machines and they're never going to do it. Uh, starting, with, we're let's start with the newcomers. So last month we introduced you to uh, John Greatwich who was seeking a whale, a $100,000 whale investment for his pinball machine. They were going to make 10, 10 machines. It's very confusing. None of it made sense. Uh, but it was revealed since then that the theme he had uh, cornered was Trailer Park Boys. And if you're thinking to yourself, what the hell is Trailer Park Boys? That's what I thought, too. So apparently it's a, a show. I think it's a Canadian show. You've never heard of that show? No. No. I mean, I might have watched an episode like 10 years ago, but like it's always like appearing in Netflix. I don't know how you don't know what that show is. Yeah, I've never seen that. So, okay. Nick Lane knows, knows Trailer Park yeah. Boys. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know them. Okay. We don't hang out, but I'm aware that it exists. So, okay. So, that, that happened between last show and this show. Um, let's, let's take you over to, the, to Pinside.com. Um, so, this was six days ago. Update 
8th of August, 2022. This is from Great Witch. John. I thought they closed that down. Uh, just Well, they, they closed the first one. This is the second thread. Okay. <laughs> they had to start a new thread. And this is, Say this what thread, you want about him. He doesn't give up, though. He's persistent. He should. A 63-page uh, thread on Pinside that's on fire. So uh, from August 8th, 2022, John Norris, you know, John Norris of, of Bad Girls fame. Um, oh, now is, you've got my attention. Is now publicly on board this adventure of Trailer Trash the Pinball Machine. Apparently, that was the official name as the game designer. I was like, that's cool. John Norris does cool stuff. Uh, I look forward to seeing where this build goes in the next in the six-month build time of September 1st to March 1st, 2023 for South by Southwest and TPF in Texas. Limited to a max build of 10 prototype pro-style pinball machines, the price is $10,000 US dollars to be paid during stages of the build. Please sign on now to the pod if interested. I don't know what to the pod is. Um, the deadline is August 31st, 2022. So, so time's sticking, right? You got, you got like less than a month to get in on this pinball machine. Thanks again, John. Here is his list of previous games. Cool. All right. Sounds like they're making progress. Maybe this will be a thing. All right. So that was uh, six days ago. Oh, later that day. Just got back from my three beers of Guinness and fine music. Got a cease and desist from the license provider of Trailer Park Boys. Maybe someone else was getting close to the boys since it was not me. At this time, we will not proceed with your offer to build. If we could. Oh, so this is actually from them. From, from the company uh, who has the license. At this time, we will not proceed with your offer to build. If we could please ask you to cease reaching out directly to the boys or additional team members at this time, they are aware <laughs> that I am communicating with you and conveying this message oh. to not proceed at this time. Thank you, Allison. Please stop harassing us. <laughs> yeah. as, as, let me just sum that up for yeah, you apparently folks. He's like emailing everybody who is on the show and everything like that. He's like, so I guess the TPB pinball machine died with me. Maybe someone else is going after it. But, you know, like, that falls under life comes at you fast. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, license before you before you announce a license, maybe have the license. That that's what it we never ends. It, it never, never ends. ends. All right. Uh if that wasn't enough, we have yet another new entrant into the into the pinball scene. Really <laughs> really came in with a bang. This is uh Turner Pinball. Nick, are you? Oh, I didn't know about this. Whoa, man. Have I got a story for you? All right. So I'm going to share this the most. I watched the first video. I did not watch the second video. So I don't know if I can hear it. Maybe hold on. I got to pull up the Twitch feed so I can hear it. Well, I'm just going to tell you what happened. I'm not going to play the video. That's fine. All right. So Turner Pinball. I mean, the logo's Uh, just phenomenal. Look at that. It's a T made out of flippers. So you know it's a pinball company if there's flippers and a ball. He's got check, check. Um, He bought uh deeprootpinball.com the domain after deeproot <laughs> failed and put up this mystery like word search and made it a contest to see who could figure out the word search first or some some nonsense like that please tell me turds in there uh i'm sure it's in there multiple times the dumpster fire <laughs> so he they, somebody apparently figured this out and he awarded them a, a, a raza back glass because Although he claims in this video that he doesn't want to be associated with Deep Root. He has nothing to do with Deep Root. He was actually part of the software team that was working on Deep Root pinball machines. So a couple things. You don't want to be associated with Deep Root. Uh, you're your own thing. Why would you buy DeepRootPinball.com and launch your pinball company on this website? Don't make that connection if you don't want that connection. Obviously, Kevin, trying- Kevin. That kind of comments, that kind of rationality has no place in the pinball designer business. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
crazy, crazy. So, and then you're giving away Raza back glasses on your, on your first video. Okay. So there's another connection to deep root. You're the one who did the software on, on deep roots, pinball machines. There's a connection there. Sorry. Um, so let's, Can I, um, I have an idea for us though. Yeah. I, okay. I'm sorry to derail you, but no, I, when, when, when lightning strikes, go for it. Buffalo pinball, our first machine is going to be called cognitive dissonance. <laughs> All right. The pin. I like work it. on it. Work on right. it. Don't nobody steal that license from us. We will send a no, cease and desist. No, absolutely. We trademark it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, Nick, you want to take a tour of the Turner Live? So their original company is called Turner Logic. You want to see their experience, their portfolio of of experience here. Uh, they bring your ideas to life. Web, mobile, hard, and desktop app development. We build hardware devices and drones too. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's see what they've done. Our, our here's our work process. Who cares? Our portfolio. What the? This is the best. Bill Miller barbecue <laughs> menu system. Oh, they did Bill Miller's barbecue menu system. Bill Miller's barbecue menu system. That's well, the lead thing. That's the first. Everybody thing. knows. Everybody knows Bill Miller's barbecue system. <laughs> Bill Miller BBQ, the web app for centralized management of in-store menus with a drag and drop menu editor. Man, if that doesn't scream, I can make a pinball machine. What does? You know what I mean? Uh, I haven't seen a portfolio this good since Ballorama. You know. <laughs> uh reds referrals they made a web app for creating and tracking automotive car sales referrals snack dot micro market apps for self-serve markets that run on phone and tablet and warp speed a software as a service platform for developers to configure vps's and deploy code well then let's go bob miller's barbecue pinball machine Maybe so basically the the they've done what a group of students do at a 24 hackathon a group of college students do in a 24 hackathon they've done yeah, that okay fantastic like my, my first web project out of college you know what i mean yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> it's great but they got um, bill miller's barbecue whatever his name is yeah this guy's ready to build pinball, pinball machines that's you know he, he's he's made the men, bbq menu system clearly the next step is ramping up manufacturing housing all this inventory hiring people to build these pinball machines prototyping software development audio video all that he's got it all so, under control yeah and the best thing is he had a front seat to the deep root shit show and he's like you know what i got this <laughs> what can go wrong oh i should show you this too so this is uh look at this guy that's that's the guy that's that's turner that's turner, that's turner. uh Chris that's like turner. a nice guy this is this is from this week in pinball uh little little uh, summary says Chris Turner, who is starting Turner Pinball, released a video answering questions about his plans for the Deep Root assets he purchased from the auction. So he purchased Deep Root assets. Totally not Deep Root, though. Um, he states that he plans to release Raza for public use. Again, totally not Deep Root, but he's going to release. Every time you say somehow. a Deep Root-related thing, I take a drink of my whiskey. Yep. Uh, but might be using the other game designs for future commercial commercial com for in the future commercially. I can read. Um, Again, not associated with Deep Root, but going to be releasing their other game designs. Totally not Deep Root. So just FYI. Um, so if you want to learn more about Turner Pinball, you can check out this video. But uh, I don't really care that much. All right, Nick, you want to you wanna check in on our old friends Ballarama? What's there to check in on? Is there any, Well, is that's, there the, that, that's the question. They sold their house. This was, uh, <laughs> this is this is a pinball 10th. show. I just want to remind people we're still we're still this is still a pinball show um july 10th was their last update uh yeah they sold the house and bought a house there's a big headache out of the way oh the blissful feeling of getting the job done buying and selling your biggest asset 
and bumper development has been a bit slow, but still stay bumper tuned for some sequential shots. The fuck calls it bumper development <laughs> from the start till now? None of, none of these words make sense. They're just words. They, they're they're not put together in the right order. <laughs> so there you go. There's Ballarama's update. Uh, oh, they also here here was another one. This was from seven weeks ago. So I don't think we revisited this one. Uh, hi, happy followers. Tonight I'm soldering, soldering, soldering to put those pinball bits together. But a couple of nights ago, it was a timeout and a break away from my day job and pinball and house selling. Winter weather broke for a day's sun and a rooftop bar. Then a show, bloody brilliant. Keep enjoying everything all you do, especially pinball, Ian and Barbara. They they went to a show. They went to see Hamilton. I think maybe we did talk about this, but it never it never hurts to revisit the fact that they went to see Hamilton. You know, that's that's their big update. Okay, thank you, Ballarama. And pinball, I, pinball. I was, I was almost remiss <laughs> in uh, neglecting pinball adventures this time around. I didn't think they had anything to share, but our, our pinball adventures correspondent Joe Cherovino kindly sent me this amazing update. Which, if this is not uh, a metaphor for their company, I don't know what it is. It's a dead end shot to a stand up target that says "gift from God." For the <laughs> nothing like a good dead end shot you know what i mean oh god you, you think the little crosses on there are are coincidental or intentional it's just it's yeah, he works in mysterious ways kevin i don't know <laughs> he, he does because i I mean when i think gift from god i think i think pinball adventures pinball machine I don't know yeah you. yeah it is it is from a content perspective for our podcast it is a gift from god true yes true how many how many um, years have we been talking about pinball adventures and they still haven't shipped a thing you know i just i I just get hit with this avalanche of self-awareness that i'm spending my life doing a a pinball podcast and uh this is the shit we talk about we've got ian barb going to hamilton but this is this is it this is the new pin this is a quote-unquote new pinball company this is their update so you report it it's it's news that's the thing that happens in this in this hobby in this industry that's it that's all we got it's you know, different. most podcasts and things, anything on YouTube, people are putting out content multiple times a week, other pinball podcasts weekly, whatever. We fucking push it back once a month, and still, this is what we have. <laughs> this, this is what you get. You get Nick Lane's hot what... tub and the gift from God <laughs> from Pinball Adventures. Next time I'm going to have people in the, like, Jeff can be in the hot tub in the background. <laughs> I'll, put the, I'll put the LED lights on. Yeah, now we're talking. Just watch a, you know, just people will rotate in and out. <laughs> I love it. All right, it's time for some game room updates. Nick, Nick, you got some game room updates. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So let's see what happened. Um, this is, I mean, this has been a hell of a summer. Uh, I break said I got a, yeah. I got a Mandalorian. Um, I got a Rush Premium, and then Martha really stepped up. We had a, a Godzilla became available, and she, she, she's, she picked it up, man. I was, I was gonna get it, but uh, I just bought two games, so. Yeah, she's got one of the best games ever made that got delivered uh, like almost two weeks ago now. And um, yeah, you, people are like, Nick, how, how was that? You know, you always talk about your, your Stern Box experience. So how was it this time? And you really kind of hit a higher low point, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, so this really is, this is, this is 10 years of unboxing games for my personal collection from Stern. Well, 11 years now, maybe actually. Yeah, 11 years. And every game has had a problem. But this one, this one really took the cake. This one, when I went to turn it on, not only did it not turn on, 
but it killed the circuits in the rest of my um all, all the games on the line um i wish there was a like live camera just to have my expression in my face as basically i can't I, I wish there was a live camera because i don't remember what happened for five minutes this is combination of rage and disbelief and uh kind of laughter like kind of like when a lunatic laughs a little bit because they fucking broke me at this point the game just wouldn't turn on wouldn't turn on uh it was i, c- I couldn't put it on and the fuck up the other games on the circuit I thought I was emotionally past this, Kevin. <laughs> Apparently not. We're really opening some wounds here today. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and this is the part I dread because Zach's awesome and I buy all my games from him now. And he's just like, there's, he's a glutton for punishment at this point. And there's, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. So, you know, I messaged him immediately. I was like, well, you know, my game's not turning on. And not only that, it's like blown the circuit. So this is like, they've never seen this problem before. This is like another thing that I've had where they're like, I've never seen this. He's been selling games for years, never seen it. Um, so in our kind of chat of friends, uh, I think Patrick called it right. He's like, I think they like something was switched in the in the um, was the power board, power box, whatever in the game. And uh, Dave Sousa, who's a neighbor and local hero, he came up, he fixed it, he opened it up, and he just starts. He opens up like the. Um, yeah, that the back panel where the power goes into the um, pinball machine, and he just starts laughing. That's a picture of it. Um, Stern switched the ground in the neutral, and um, yeah, so that was that was blowing circuits in my house, and you know, so that's it. Patrick. Patrick did like something similar when he was working on um, his game. Um, I forget what it was like. An it was a classic Stern, and he has an old house and it like blew up his furnace. Like it fucked things up and caused $3,000 of damage. Like my game room is why, like I had an electrician come in and he wired it for pinball, like he, like the specific purpose. So thankfully, you know, the protections were in place. Nothing bad happened. Uh, I, and I've talked to people who are engineers and they're just in disbelief and they're like, yeah, things like if that circuit failed, that could have been a major damage being done so you know seeing the humor and things i go and i post this on stern um i'm sorry not on stern but on um pinside what was what was my title kevin oh stern tried to kill me and burn my house down or something yeah like stern tried to <laughs> stern tried to burn my house down and kill me and i even put this is 50 percent hyperbole and some people are like accuse me of like mining podcasts material like that's what i want like i'm fucking happy when i buy a game and i try to flip it on and nine thousand dollar game it doesn't turn on like i'm like rubbing my hands together and like here we go here's some content like, uh, no, i like i, I like just that it wanted, was like i just oh, want to fucking work you're, you're trying to mine for weekly pinball content because there isn't pinball content no that's what we say every month there isn't enough content for a weekly Correct. pinball podcast so we don't do that <laughs> this is a person who's never listened to our show and just wants to dunk on people right. um listen if you think it's okay uh, kevin we're both in our 40s i can, can let me ask you this have you ever bought a product that, like, I can't remember a product that just doesn't fucking turn on? <laughs> I'm trying to where think. They, where it's I been mean, wired incorrectly. I've like, TVs and stuff like that. But sure. Nothing, nothing that's uh, gone crazy and tried to blow up my house. So, I mean, I, I can't, I, I struggle to get a straight answer online because people are like, oh, this won't burn your house down. Like, then I talk to other engineers. They're like, yeah, I don't want to get into a fight with these people on Pinside, but they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Like, this is not good. And then I start getting really upset because it's like, 
did Stern ever turn this game on? Right? Like, did they ever test that it works? Anyways, I got lucky because I have a good neighbor. He knows what he's doing. Um, but if that wasn't the case, like, how long would I have a game where they're swapping out node boards and doing other shit because no one in their fucking right mind would think that somebody on the line is switching that around? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that takes the cake, Kev. Yeah, that's a winner. Um, so there, there's, like, some questions in chat about, like, how did that even make it out of the factory? Good question. Uh, there was some speculation in the thread that maybe, like, Stern's uh, wiring in their their facility is not set up to, like, trip breakers when they... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an electrician, so I don't know how this works. But uh, they're they're somehow wired up differently, where this could have worked and not shown that it was an issue. The other the other point I heard was like maybe they tested the playfield in a different machine and then just put it in your cabinet and shipped it out. Who knows? Because you said there you had noticed some like dings on the playfield, so obviously there had been some play testing on that playfield, yeah. right? Yeah, there was a, definitely like a, a dimple on there, so it had been play tested. So I don't know. I mean, regardless, it's totally inexcusable. Like, 100% inexcusable. That shouldn't happen. The user should not have to. That's not part of, like, the acceptable, like, oh, this, you know, you're shipping a pinball machine. Of course, the screw fell out. Like, I get that, dude. I don't post everything on Pinside that's wrong with my pinball machines when I get it because if not, I'd be very busy and I do have a full-time job. I only post when they try to burn my fucking house down. All right? Like, I'll talk on the podcast about issues. We can talk about how, of course, like, you know, I have to go in and fix the fucking plunger because the plunge is not centered. Like, I didn't even bitch about that on Pinside. That's just like, oh, Stern, yeah, of course I've got to go and fix this, which you should have fucking done at the factory. Um, anyways, so, Kevin. Question from Mr. Hopwood in the chat. Did you contact Stern regarding this and let them know? What was their response? Oh, yeah. So this, I'm glad you asked that because I, I meant to, I wanted to comment on this too. And also, this is a good point in the show if you're watching. Hit hit that like button if you think that Stern should test their games before they ship it out. You know, give us <laughs> give us a like for almost burning the house down. We can we can use it. Also hit that subscribe button while you can. So yeah, I don't have the I don't know anybody who's in quality control. I don't know that this person exists. I'd like to know what they fucking do all day because quality control at Stern is a goddamn joke. All right, like I can't imagine how bad you have to be at your job to fucking do quality control at Stern. Especially, don't even get me started on like the rush scoops that were all fucked up. Um, so I, I, you know, Zach Sharp, I was like, Zach, can you just pass this along to whoever? Because they should know, right? Like, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm upset, but I'm letting you guys know. Do you think that anybody has reached out and said, hey, man, I'm sorry that happened to your game? No. Hey, man, thanks for letting us know so we can fix it. No, they don't get, dude, they don't fucking care. And I, and I say this all the time. Like, Stern can say they care. But how does this keep on happening, right? Like actions speak loud of the words. They don't care. They try to get away with what they can get away with. Now, this is not true. Let me caveat that. I know that the designers care. I know that the audio people care. I know that people doing code care. These are some of the most caring people in pinball. I fucking love them. But there's people at Stern. There's certain people at Stern that do not fucking care and will get away with what they can get away with. That is true. Because I, 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 after 10 years, and it, all the, I can detail all the games I bought. They don't care. Their customer service is terrible. They told me last year they were going to give me a Mandalorian Pinball Pro for um, for alerting them that there was cracking on the machine and telling them they should put a washer there. They thank me. They said they're going to get me a Mandalorian Pro Playfield. Do you think I have it? No. Because they don't care. 
They yeah. don't care. Like you can say you care all day long, but you don't. You're not showing it. Like I'm not trying to mind shit. I I I I long for the day where I can just be like, I've got nothing bad to say about Stern's quality control because my game got out of the box and it was working perfectly and everything's great. The clear looks good. It's all good. It's all gravy. Yeah. Look at this from Mr. Hobwood. I love my distributor in Australia. They open their new inbox shipment from Stern, test the games in their factory, and adjust and fix them before they send to wow. their buyer. I love this service for this exact reason Nick is talking about. So that's that's amazing, man. Yeah, the distributor is doing QC for Stern before it, they pass it along to the. Yeah, that's user. it's smart because um, look, what's what's more of a pain in the ass? If they, the, the distributor they they ship it out to the customer. There's problems, and the distributor's got to go out and drive out there and do back and forth. Like it's they 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 don't want to do this shit. They don't want to take it out of the box and do all that work. But it's just. That's the that's the easier path for them. That makes sense. Yeah, because then what like, other product do you buy, Kevin? Yeah. You gotta fucking do that. <laughs> I can't think of one. Maybe maybe a car. I mean, maybe, like maybe I they test. Know. I don't. I don't even. Uh, I don't even know how much. Maybe maybe a bike. Like they take your bike and adjust it out of the factory. Out yeah, of the, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Pinball's the the one I'm most familiar with. All right, so there you go. Anything anything else happening in your game room? Probably, but you put me in such an emotional state right now. It's uh, um, there's another issue of Godzilla that I'm not going to get into because I'm trying to resolve with Stern. So you know, like I I play fair. If they resolve to my satisfaction, I don't need to bring it up. And if they don't, I'm going to alert people to what I think is an issue. So you, I try to. You try wanted to, to show off your mods, right? Oh fuck yeah, let's do that. Thank you, Kevin. You got, oh god, I get in such a like I go into like blind rage. Where's your Godzilla towel, by the way? Mm, it's coming all right so first shout out we'll go through this um this is from chrome candy pinball highly yeah. recommend you Damn. chrome candy's got a shop in um on pinside you can go to the pinside there's like a there's a cool thing in the marketplace in, in uh pinside where you can like click on lists of shops and you can get this mod this is from dr ben crane my second favorite pinball doctor um <laughs> he does fantastic work this is the bridge mod so I didn't, you could see it in the front, that Chrome, right? I didn't put it in the back, which is, it's kind of good because then you can see what like Stern shipped and what Dr. Ben made. Um, I didn't put it in the back because I heard it's, it's, I guess it's pretty difficult to access that. He's got some good instructions. I know my limits. Um, I was happy with just putting it in the front. So I kept it there. Yeah, it's kind of cool with the original in the back. Yeah, Martha said she liked it. I'm fine with it too. Like it's 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 fine, right? Like it, it works. I had to um, on mine I had to put some Loctite because the screws are falling out a little bit. I mean that thing's heavier than plastic by by far. So maybe I didn't use enough uh, muscle to, to put the screws in. But I I love it. Um, dude, that that bridge is so cool in that game. We'll talk about Godzilla next month. Um, for sure. Okay. We'll do a review of it then. Um, this is another like this is like a rooftop mod. So like yeah, I like this you one. Can, uh, cool. Yeah, I like it too. Um, just adds and, and what I love about these mods and my philosophy of mods is like it should look you you shouldn't be able to spot it as a mod, right? It should just blend in seamlessly from the game, like it should have been there all along. Um, this is like the rooftop mod, and again, this is on the premium Godzilla. I kept the plastic underneath because like I guess you can keep it underneath or you can take it out. I thought it looked better with, with the plastic underneath too. Um, it looked a little weird for some space there, but hey, either way, it looks great. Yeah, I like it. And can I just say my favorite uh, touch on Godzilla is the pop-up carpet in the building? That's fantastic. 
I love that. It is for sure. This is like that's what you that's what you call like attention to detail and caring about stuff. This is why yeah. like I'm very careful when I say Stern doesn't care because I know there's so many passionate, awesome, good, talented people there. This is the design teams are there. And this is the other thing. So this is like this replaces the there was just plastic there again. This is the chrome on the Mecha Godzilla thing that turns around. There's actually chrome if you look on the left side. Like the bottom part, that's actually chrome from Stern, and then they put like plastic on top, and the right side was all plastic. So this makes it look like you know. I'm sure if Stern had more of a budget, this is what they would have done. It looks fantastic. Again, it's the kind of thing that it doesn't scream that, "Hey, I'm a mod. Look at me." It just blends in seamlessly and looks great. It just touches it up of class, just like, just like Doctor Bang. <laughs> that's right. Oh, and not this one. Not last but not least on this one. This is uh, from Lior. You're you're a big fan of Lior. That's how I learned about Lior from you. And he likes you, man. He he hooked he hooked me up. He hooked um, me up. What's not the like? This, he makes great mods. This is from Little Shop of. Uh, you can go to littleshopofgames.com. This was a popular thing. I think everybody's grabbing this um, saucer mod. I think mine's on a little like looks like it's got a slope to it. I gotta I gotta tweak it, but um, yeah, it looks great. The 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 picture underscores how awesome it looks. And again, I think what I like about the saucer mod here is that there's some other saucer mods and I thought they looked cool, but like I didn't, you know, what, what was there was like Stern's crappy, like plastic, um, pop bumper. And that's supposed to be a saucer. And the saucer has things in the game, like destroying saucers. So it was, it was way too understated just being a pop bumper. Like nobody would even almost know that that's the saucer. So it needed something more like this is a necessary mod, but you also don't want to have it be such an obnoxious mod that it's like you know drawing attention away from like the building or the bridge or Godzilla or Mecha Godzilla. So I think uh I think that's a good solution and it really shows the lighting effects when it when it uh changes color. Yeah, and I like Lior's mods cuz he doesn't 3D print stuff so it doesn't look super jank and, and cheap. He does a high quality like resin casting and all this. Which yeah. really good. You can't see like, that's print what... lines in it and stuff. Yeah, and that's so I was looking at it like there's another saucer mod. I was like oh, that looks cool. But um, I can see like an air ball taking that thing out in a second, like the other mod I was looking at. And Lear's mod here is like he I think he put in the ad or something that like it's like this this resin like it's it can take an air ball and not break, right? And that's like that's what you want. Like I'm not you know I'm not gonna be buying mods all day. So really yeah. happy with that. So shout out to. Uh, uh, Chrome Candy and then Little Shop of Games. Um, check them out. I think those are are great mods. They're they're very tastefully done. Awesome. Good game room updates from Nick. Uh, so I've got some game room updates too. So I um I got my Weird Al. You saw it sitting in the box over. Uh, it got delivered right before the last show. I've been having it in my game. Been loving it. We had a tournament this uh, this past weekend and played it. Um, we did the bro show on it so if you want to see more more gameplay on there it's on our youtube channel uh great game glad they're starting to crank them out i've seen a few more uh play fields shipping out um super fun what else uh drained we talked about already i've got a, a loner avengers infinity quest which i've been digging into that's a nick was asking me uh at the tournament how i like that game now that i've have it at home and it's a it's it, it it's as i kind of suspected that it's a good home game because there's a lot to dig into it's hard to kind of take it all in when you're playing on location. Uh, but when you can have it at home, have it on free play, you know, mess around with it, you know, watch tutorial videos. Um, it, it gives you a chance to dig into it and really appreciate it. I don't think it would be a, a long-term keeper for me, but I, I do appreciate having it for a while. Um, 
the layout's cool. The uh, the art is really good. It's got the the zombie yeti art on it. it kind of the 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 common feeling on that game is it really doesn't have like I don't know like the animations and callouts are the 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 low point on that, which kind of keeps it it holds it back because you know I think about Godzilla. One of the things I really like about Godzilla is how fun it is, and uh, you know when you you tilt and it's got like the baby Godzilla dancing around and stuff like that. There's like all these cool little touches in it that make it fun beyond being an awesome game. Like I feel like Avengers has an awesome layout and the rules are cool, but it doesn't have that like next level uh, that to really push it over the top. So that's kind of what holds Avengers back. But uh, if you're looking for a, for a deep game that is a modern LCD stern that uh, is not going insane in price, <laughs> uh, Avengers is probably a good one to check out. And everybody, actually everybody who's played it, who has had a, a premium or plays a lot of uh, the premium says they prefer the pro on this game. I don't have a lot of time on the pro or LE, but um, you know, that's pretty, you know, Ben was over here. He owned an LE. He said the same thing. A couple people who were here for the tournament said the same thing. So um, check out Avengers Infinity Quest Pro. Uh, apparently it's the one to get. Uh, and what else? What else did I do? Uh, oh, uh, arcade wise, my, my disc is Tron. I shipped my monitor chassis out for repair to um, Arcade Cup. He's one of the the like renowned arcade monitor repair people. Uh, I paid for the uh, priority service, so hopefully it won't take too long to get back. But when, once that's back, the only I think the only thing I have to fix on it is the the speech. That'll be the last uh, remaining thing to to track down on that game. But I got the the mirrors installed. Uh, oh, and some of some of the some of the cabinet lighting I have to figure out too. So. We're getting there. There's always something with uh, with classic arcade games, but um, I'll be happy to have a nice, nice stable monitor. Uh, Toy Story 4 I had last month. We talked about that last month. Still over there. I was playing it before the before the stream here today. Uh, still still enjoying that. Um, anything else? I think that's pretty much everything for, for Game Room Updates. Oh, I have something else on the way that's not here yet. Uh, it's cool. It's not a game, but it's Game Room related. We'll talk about that more next month. Uh, but Scott Denise hooked me up with the info on that, and that's how I got the – it was supposed to be here today, but it got delayed until Wednesday. So thanks a lot, FedEx. Thanks and you got that. something else, Kamu, where you're not talking about it, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a trade pending, but I, I won't talk about that until it's solidified. And I like what you you told me when I asked you what it is and <laughs> your, your response to me. You're like, what did you, what'd you say? I was like, well, you know, I just had to mess with you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to give you a hard time. I was like, yeah, do I fucking seem like the person who needs a more more of a hard time in life? Nick needs needs a hard time. You got, who you looks at me is like, I'm gonna, you know, you know, Nick needs needs a little bit of a hard time. <laughs> needs a hard time. I wish <laughs> I wish it was the Velvet Jesus from uh, from D. Oh my God, man, oh, uh, that, that yeah. thing got swiped out from underneath us. Yeah, I think um, there was uh, I think it's some bad actors at play, but we won't go there. <laughs> A couple Buffalo updates. We, the, I ran a tournament this past week uh, at my house. Uh, it was small. We had capped it at 16 players. We ended up getting 12, and then Jeffrey bailed on us at the last minute, so we ended up with 11 players. Um, I'm I'm kind of surprised we couldn't get 16 people to come out and play yeah. a bunch of brand-new pinball machines. Uh, I mean, I understand it's summer, and it's nice, but we've had a summer full of nice days, so it's not like uh, we've been lacking on them. And people always ask us, I remember when we finished up the team league. Oh, what's next? What are you guys planning next? Are you doing anything this summer? I was like, eh, we'll see, you know. Uh, and then I was like, all right, I got a bunch of new games. People probably want to try them. Uh, I'll throw a tournament. And then, like, nobody shows up. So I was like, that's, a, that's, that's why we don't bother doing this. 
Yeah, no, dude, I I am with you 100%. I mean, things just haven't been the same after the pandemic, at least in in, in Buffalo. Um, I don't know what it is. Like, for 15, 20 bucks, you can go and three and a half hours play like some of these amazing games. Um, I, I'm not complaining, you know, and uh, I was telling Martha, I was like, I, I kind of, I feel like I should host a tournament and six, I was like, 16 seems like a good number. And she agreed. So maybe, maybe it will happen, Kevin. Maybe I can, maybe I'll do one like in October or something. We, we'll we can see. try it in the fall and, and have it be at your place, which is more, more uh, towards the city. And maybe, maybe that'll make a difference. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but um, yeah, it was fun. Thanks for thanks for doing a tournament. I I I'm totally cool of getting back to our roots of like doing these like home smaller tournaments. It's a lot of fun. Um, I that was the first tournament I played in all year, and I forgot what it's like playing a tournament. Well, that's not true. I was in uh, dude, I forgot. I was in in Denver and I played in the one up tournament. I was in on Denver for work and it did pretty poorly and finished like <laughs> middle of the pack. But it it was a long day, but it was fun. They had thirty six well, so they had thirty six people on a Sunday night, which is uh, awesome. Yeah, um, Denver's Denver's awesome, man. Shout out to anybody who lives out in the Denver Boulder area. I I want to go out again because I didn't get to a Boulder because um, I want to check out Ryan's. Um, was it Lions Pinball or whatever? Oh we, yeah, we that's should right. definitely. Yeah, we should we should go out there. Denver's fucking awesome. Yeah, I've never um, been great there. pinball scene. Um, seemingly nice people. Do they do, is there any shows out in Denver? Um, it's a good question. I don't. I'm not aware of any. But yeah, I would I go. They, they I would go there in a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 Cool. They have. They have a bunch of tournaments. Nice. Uh. Yeah. And we got our league starting up. So uh, if you're in the Buffalo area and you want to play in a in a pinball league, uh, signups are happening starting uh, later this week. So join the 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 mailing list on buffalopinball.com and you'll get notified when uh, when those open up. Uh, yep. There won't be many because we we let last year's players get first uh, dibs on the new league. So, um, but there's always a, there's always at least a few spots that open up. All right, let's see. We got we got uh, a big review of Rush, but we also you wanted to review the Mandalorian. Re-review it. We reviewed yeah, we're it. gonna we gotta um, do a better job of getting. And this is when I say we, I, I say me. Um, I gotta carve out some time and upload uh or clip some of our reviews and stuff so i i figured it makes sense to revisit mandalorian from our review that we did last year i can't remember what we gave it i probably like a seven or something like we played the pro I gave it like and, a seven and a half yeah i think our thing was like yeah it's fun it's cool it's nothing that i get excited over well you know i started playing it more because my office got one um through my influence i guess in, in some ways um, they were inspired but to get a pinball machine, which is awesome. I love seeing new people get into pinball, but um, I really kind of got hooked on the pro, and I was really having fun with the game. And I'm sure the code had come along from when we first played it, which we were one of the first locations to get it back in May 2021 at Community Beer Works. Um, you know, we did a stream, and you know, and then I kind of forgot about it. So I played it more and more, and then it was also around the time where I was like, I, I, I want to start moving some of the games I'm not playing or some of the games in my collection and freshen things up. I might as well get the premium because I already have access to the pro. And, you know, I, I got, I'm trying to get better, Kevin, of not having like forever games or just having games in my collection, which are super old and stale. Uh, so I got a Mandalorian premium and I'm really happy I did. I sold a Deadpool pro and I honestly think Mandalorian is the better game, at least from, from me and my perspective, um, primarily from a rules 
uh, viewpoint. I think there's there's just more to do and more in there. Long. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put the I'm gonna justify, it, but I'm gonna put my rating up front. I would give the Mandalorian premium a, a nine. I wow. think it is. Uh, I kind of work back now when I do ratings. Like, why is it not a ten? Right. Um, and I think this game it's good to frame Mandalorian premium because. I hear people in the, like the Mandalorian, um, you know, kind of fan club on on Pinside say that a lot of people don't like this game. I was kind of surprised. It, I guess it's not. It's like maybe in the 30s in terms of rating. So it's you know, it's, you know, every new game that comes out is in the top 10, right? It's the most yeah. amazing thing. So Mandalorian's not, despite the fact that it's a you know, it's Star Wars and it's actually a really good Star Wars series in my opinion. Um, you know, so why do some people not like it? I was trying to think. Uh well, I, I guess it's a it's a hard game for some people who are just gonna you know flap the flappers right like just it's this game needs to be defined of what strengths and what it is. This is a game of control. It's a stop and shoot game, hundred percent. You start hitting you start hitting the ball on the fly, it's not gonna work. You can do that in Godzilla. I Godzilla is a very accessible game. You know, and there's something really smart about making an accessible game because then everybody likes it. You make it accessible, casuals like it, and then you make it deep, and then like the uh, you know more skilled players will stay around for it. Well, well, Mandalorian, I think, coasts a lot on the theme. And by the way, I am um, there's um a Facebook group for pinball route owners, and I and consistently they say that Mandalorian is is one of their best earners. And I I would agree. It's one of it's a it's it's our best earner at CBW. So I, I'm struggling to say that the reviews of the game don't jive with the fact that casuals do play the game. Um, and I think it's a really good game. Okay, so let me let me just interject and say that. Yeah, please, uh, please do. South Park is also one of the top earning games on location at all times. So earnings don't always equate to quality gameplay. I, 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 I agree. That's that's fair. Um, so I don't I don't know. I don't know why some people don't like the game because I, I think it's really good. But um, so, what are the high points for me? One, I think the theme integration is really good on this game. Like, I, this is to me, this is Dwight's best game. Um, he's got the scoring figured out, right? It's none of this like low scoring weirdness of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that he was doing. It's not this like esoteric, um, you know, Star Wars multipliers things in there. It has multipliers in it, but they're they're easy enough to understand. They create moments in getting the multipliers. They're hard. It's harder to get the like you know five x multiplier. It's easy enough to get like a two x. Um, and what the multipliers do in this game is just it creates that that urgency, that intensity, that stress in a good way to capitalize when things are lit on it. So that's good. I mean, the, one of the criticisms of Dwight is that he he was kind of playing around with multipliers, and I think he really nailed it on this one in a way that I I think is really fair, makes sense, and adds to the game. Um, you know, we could talk about. I'll come back to the rules. Just let's talk about the layout. You know, this is a, a fan layout. We've seen this before. I get some kind of Sopranos vibes, not necessarily because it's like a one to one of that, but it is a fan layout, and it's a, it's kind of a catch and shoot game. Um, where you're trying to control it. This is a game that um, a lot of the shots are pushed forward. So if you miss a shot, the ball is going to be out of control, um, and you got to do recovery. So you want to really 
you want to take your time with shots. It's not a quote unquote flow game, which that's my other criticism with people who are like, oh, there's no flow. I don't know about you, Kevin, but like not every game for a game to be good needs flow, right? Like flow yeah. is something you could talk about game having, but it's not like if you create a game that's not a flow game, it is therefore bad. I think right. people don't understand that. The game doesn't have to have flow to be good. Absolutely not. Thank you. All right. Um, so we can we can move on from that. So this is not like this is a flow. This is stop and stop, trap, and shoot. With that said, the strength of a stop, trap, and shoot and, and shots that are kind of tight but findable is that when you hit a shot, every shot feels great. Like there's a sense of satisfaction. Um, there's a sense that you pulled something off that that's difficult and that's not a given. I'll contrast that with Godzilla a little bit because that's a, a a hot game right now. I don't get that in Godzilla because that game, the the shots are way more forgiving. They're way they're wider. It's easier to make it. That doesn't make Godzilla any better or worse. It just kind of contrasts the intensity of it. So this is a game that I think thematically you're always kind of engaged you're always on edge i feel like an it, 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 there's an intenseness to playing it because if i know I, if i miss that shot i'm 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 i might be done right there's 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 no i'm going to be casual about it and if i miss a shot i'll have time to recover that's the kind of feeling i get in led zeppelin that's the kind of feeling i get in, in godzilla more so um well actually more so in led zeppelin but this is a game where you're like you're all you're on the edge of your seat at all times, and and I think that thematically that that fits the fact that you're on an adventure and you're trying to make your way through this, and you're fighting and you're battling. I think I think the layout matches the theme, and then Dwight just has nice moments with light choreography. You know, he's got some blinding moments, but it always works. And why I I jettisoned Deadpool for this is that from a rules perspective, there's just there's there's a there there. Um, you know, I find that in like Deadpool, the Jack, everything's kind of really straightforward, really, really basic in some ways. Not, not bad, but just not a lot to them. I, I find on this game though, that the multi-balls each feel really unique. Um, for example, the, um, multi-ball where, um, I forget, like there's a TIE fighter flying around, you're trying to grapple onto it. Um, there's shots to hit where you're building up the jackpot. And then you can go up top to the moving play field, which is cool, and add a ball up there. So you're, I, and that's the other thing, Kevin, on the premium that's lost on the pro is the moving play field adds a lot to it. I'll get to that. Um, but then with that multi ball rule and that particular multi ball, when you drain down to one ball, then the super jackpot lights, okay? And that's that turnaround shot in the premium. And you've, all the shots that you've hit has built up to the value on that. And then imagine that you have a multiplier going. So it, again, it creates a moment. It creates an intensity of just, can you hit that one shot with one ball rather than just being in a multi-ball and just kind of flapping the flappers and things happen, right? So there's there's more thought uh, built up into it. Um, again, in that mode, in that multi-ball that's incorporated with the scene going up top, right? Grappling into the upper play field. It's cool. And and I can go on and on. I uh, For the sake of brevity, I won't, but... I find it that each multi-ball has a lot of thought put into it. The wizard modes are fantastic in terms of the way that they're layered and staged. The mini wizard mode where you're um, that's that's associated with the encounters, you know, like the upper play field, it's called the encounters. On the premium, it starts off with the up um, upper flipper on the upper play field up, and you're trying to hit a couple shots, and you're trying to hit it up there, and you're stacking the balls on that, like. Those are the kind of surprises that after playing so all you know so many pinball games in the last ten years, it's just nice. And you can 
every step along the way, I see an effort of trying to incorporate the, the, the show, The Mandalorian, with the game in a way that it's just not like we've got this license. Let's just, you know, throw some sounds, let's throw some clips from Mandalorian in there and then ship it. Like, no, no, everything's been thought out of like, okay, this is happening in this scene. How can we mimic that on this play field? And I, and that blows me away. I, I really think that this is one of the best choreographed theme integrated pinball machines that I've seen in a, in a long time. Um, there's just a lot there. So, I, you know, how long does this last in my collection? I don't know, but I struggle to see how this could possibly be less than a nine. And I'm, I'm really happy that I've got it in my collection. So that's my, uh, that's my revisitation of Mandalorian premium. There you go. I don't have much to add. Uh, you know, I played it a little bit at your house. Um, maybe this is a game that really shines when you get a bunch of time on it, but I wouldn't change my review score. I would keep it at a seven and a half. I feel like it's a good game. Uh, not outstanding. You know, I, I figured like if the pinnacle is like pirates or Godzilla or something like that, this is a, a step down from that. Um, so I would kind of, I, I would stick with my 7.5. It's fun. Uh, the, um, art's good. Playfield's fun. I do like, I didn't realize, uh, when we, uh, first reviewed it, the, the multiplier rules, uh, James showed those to me. And I, once he showed those to me, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. I do like that. Um, so that's, that's good. Uh, but yeah, like Tess says, I'm a solid seven and a half. So, well, um, one, one, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm doing a disservice cause it's not a full review, but one other thing that it's worth bringing up in that might get lost, like the upper play field's cool and just how it tilts on the premium. I mean, this is, this definitely, this, this is a premium game for me. hundred percent. The pro I might throw a seven and a half in there. I, I don't know how I would rate the pro for me. For me, that moving play field's important. The magnet's cool. The also the turnaround shop, but the on the upper play field and the counters. One thing that's really cool to me is that they have like an in in the scoring they have like an accuracy. So like there's shots that you need to hit up there. It's it's computing your accuracy and hitting those shots. And then when it when you after you complete the encounter, they'll give you points based on your accuracy. Like I think that's cool. That I can't think of another game offhand. I'm sure some games have done accuracy before, but I've. I can't think of another game that's done that. And it's just, there's these surprises that I still get to experience and see in pinball that they're just nice touches and it's fun to go up there and, and hit those shots. So again, I think Dwight did an awesome job. And like when you got the play field uh, multiplier maxed out and you go up there and you're crushing it up there, it feels great. Cool. <laughs> the chat room's all fired up about Mando. So there, there you go. We got him going. Uh, let's, let's get into our main review that we're our actual review of this, uh, the show. It's going to be Stern Rush. We'll, we'll be right back after the sweet intro. Let's go. It's Rush, except it's not showing. It's not showing Rush on the screen. Why aren't you showing Rush? Game. All right, let's let's switch back and go back here. Nope, it's not showing Rush. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> All right, well, that's gonna be a problem. We can't see the pictures. All right, uh, you, could, you could do it, Kevin. Pull it up me, on the on the me, web uh, screen. Let me let me pop it over here. Paste and go. I think that's it right. got confused. This, 
no, this stream was going too well. It was yeah, going too yeah. well. So I made it full screen and I got confused. So let's, let's see right. if that works. Nope. <laughs> uh, wait for it. Let me, uh, Nick, talk about Rush. All right. So Rush. This is a game designed by John Borg. It was released in 20, early 2022. Art by Michael Barnard. I don't know if he's done anything else. Kevin can correct me. Um, software by my favorite coding duo, Tim Sexton and Raymond Davidson. Both tournament players both know their stuff. And sound by Bob Baffy. Good old Bob Baffy. Ooh, I, I love fucking Bob Baffy. That's a fucking name, dude. <laughs> That's a good name. Not Robert Baffy. It's, it's Bob Baffy. It's, it's double B Bob Baffy. I fucking love you, Bob Baffy. I don't even know you. <laughs> uh, pricing is 6900 Hey, for the pro. Nine thousand for the premium and eleven thousand one hundred dollars for the LE. Pinball. All right, let's talk about the art. Um, um, here, full disclosure: I own a premium. Yeah, so that's what I pulled out I, here, art wise. Also, uh, walking into this was not a Rush fan. I didn't have much exposure to them, but um, I did not get this game because I'm a Rush fan. I quite the opposite. So. All right, what do you think about the art? On Rod this? Roddy. Rod Roddy here. <laughs> Bob Bavi and Rod Roddy. And Dan Dean. Dan Dean. Yeah, need, I like it. You need, need the guys with, with two first names. and uh, uh, alliteration. And the same letter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Give us a rundown on the art. You feel good? Yeah. What's the rundown on the art? You want me yeah. to go? Yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like this I is like, your wheelhouse. You own it. So. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I really like the cabinet and the back glass artwork. I love the premium. I think that's my favorite artwork. I don't know why, because maybe it's Buffalo and all we see is snow. So put some snow in my basement. I'm I'm also trying trying to powder coat um oh boy. everything white on there. So I think it's gonna look badass. I saw uh Patrick, he did the same color. Uh we picked it out together. It was really cute. And uh <laughs> looks looks fantastic. So I can't wait to get that done. Uh but I, I yeah, I love the cabinet artwork, I love the back glass artwork. The the play field I think is um I, 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 you got a good shot of the play field, yeah, Kevin. I'll pull it up here. It's not like. Uh, here you go. I love the owl, by the way, on the play field. Yeah, like, I think it's good. okay. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I, it looks I'm worse in pictures this. than it does in real life. Like, and I think that's to be said for a lot of pinball. Like, when you stand in front of it, it looks cooler. Than yeah. Than pictures. Oh, some people don't like, you know, like the characters. I think it's fine. I, I think this is a good artwork. Um, actually, the pictures actually look a little better when it's all lit up, to be honest. It's weird. Um, I think they yeah, actually they took good. I think they actually took good pictures of this one for a change. But um, what do you think of the butthole on the playfield, Nick? It's not a butthole. That's what you see, Kevin. <laughs> it's a real shock it a test. Everybody calls oh, it a butthole. Okay. Not everybody. Everybody on pin side. It's a, a cork coming out of a black hole. Okay, fine. Um. So I I like the. I'm of the. Pinball playfield, art, perspective like sort of less is more like, you know, like look at like Deadpool and like, you can look at them like, Oh, the art's amazing. Like I, it's too busy for me. Like, this is like good. This is like functional and solid. Is it amazing artwork that I would want to get a poster and hang it up? No. Do I love the characters of the rush guys? I can't help but think that there's, you know, better artwork that could have been done. I think the owl's pretty badass, So I like that a lot. Um, so the arts overall, overall I'd say it's good. Yeah, I I think it's okay. Like, I don't know. I wasn't as offended by the the drawings of the three guys as most people seem to be. Yeah, but, 
Um, it's certainly not Stern's best art, but it's not their worst either. So it's 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 somewhere in the middle, play field wise. The cabinets are yeah. cool. Like I think the uh, the the premium is probably my favorite. The the LE has like that steampunk kind of gear looking look to it. And then what's the what's on the pro? I can't remember. I suppose I could could pull. Um, it it's more like kind of characters like of them okay. of like the band and stuff, which which is cool and good in its own way. Like I I think I. I I wouldn't be surprised if people are pretty split on the art. Sometimes, like, there's an art, and it's like you know everybody likes the. Oh right, it's yeah, like this a one's okay. Take. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the, cool. the premium is probably my favorite. Um, you know, I think all the art's solid, right? Yeah. Like, I like no the issues. I think on the pro that's cool with the owl. Yeah, the owl is cool for sure. Yeah, I know. I think they. I think overall, uh, the artist did a, did a good job on this. We should you we know. should say that our, our buddy Ed Robertson was the the kind of like the creative director on this project, and he was like a died in the wall diehard Rush fan. Yeah. So he shared that picture on I think it was on the Bare Naked Ladies uh, Instagram, where he's like ten years old and he's got his Rush shirt. He's in front, in front of a wall of Rush posters and records and all sorts of stuff. So this is the guy you want directing this game if you want if you want the full Rush experience. He put all these you know only really diehard Rush fans would get all these. Um, these references and stuff that are in the game. So that's really cool. Yeah. And the band was involved, right? Right. Like this is not just somebody signing off in legal, like, yeah, you can go and do it. And then, you know, that's it. And it's got, you know, Aerosmith slapped on it. And no, this is rush was involved. Ed super passionate was involved. And also, um, you know, they were making this game. He told me about this game in 2018. So this is, Ed, Ed told me that like, this is a game that this is the longest John Borg has had to work on a game. Right. So, and I think it shows, I think and we'll get to everything. We'll right, get so, to everything. Yeah. I think that wraps up the art. Uh, what about the sound? Well, what, what do you think about Bob Baffy sound? I mean, Bob Baffy it did pretty good. I mean, if, if you have Bob Baffy and you got Jeff worth, uh, that's a good killer combination. So, you get you get that red barchetta. Red barchetta. Uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna the, we're gonna stream and just red barchetta all day. <laughs> that's red barchetta. I bet that's the strat. Um, so obviously uh, the music's really good. It's got a ton of ton of uh, rush music. What I think like two hours worth of music in it. Uh, oh, so that's a, awesome! A ton of a ton of music. Um, I think the the callouts are hit and miss. Uh, they've definitely improved since the early code that we played, where it was very repetitive. Uh, a lot of the callouts, but that's, I mean, it's kind of the same thing on GNR when you have the band members do callouts, they're not voice artists. So while it's cool to have the the band members in there, it's not really good voice work. So it's kind of a trade-off, right? I think that in GNR, at least you had uh, uh, Melissa who has done actual professional voice work. Uh, and I know like Ed did some voice work for this too, like the the robot or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not all the band, but I think think the the band call it's cool to have the band in there, but I don't think they do really great callouts. Um, the sound, I'm trying to remember like what the sound effects uh, stand out. Uh, do you have like a favorite sound effect or or, or uh, soundscape on this game that you really like? <laughs> well, I think it's what, what's funny about sound effects is that no, the sound effects don't like the sound effects are good. But they don't stick out like Guns N' Roses, which is just, they stick out for the wrong reasons, right? And like, you don't want the sound effects competing with the fact that it's a music band. Um, 
uh what is the i can't i can't think of the name of the song but i i I really like one of the sound effects and one of the multi-ball um far cry like there's like there's there's some particular sound effect in there that's pretty cool spinner sounds right it's got good spinner sounds it's got an opto spinner um not as good as leds out but still still solid i think as you mentioned, Kev, I mean, number one, this is a music pin with 16 tracks. Like, that's like, the, there's like got to be some minimum. And thank God Stern's corrected, like, Led Zeppelin having 10. I'm sure that was more or less a licensing issue. But, um, yeah, I'm really satisfied with, with, with the tracks that are on the game. And I, and I say this as a, you know, not coming into it as a Rush fan, um, but I really like the songs on there to the point where, like, now, like, I, I'd say, like, yeah, I'm a fan of Rush. Like, I, I, Martha's loving it. She was not a Rush fan went out and we got um we've gotten like two concerts now blu-ray concerts we just finished watching one like fucking i'm like i'm gonna get another one she's like yep go for it <laughs> nice right, so i love like so i Rush actually would be the, or, uh, martha would be the one woman at a rush show then yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I think that's the really cool thing i like i'm really happy this game got made because you know i didn't grow up listening to rush i had you none know, of my friends listen to rush my dad didn't listen to, like i was just really not exposed to them so um it's nice it sucks i just like quote unquote discovered or you know got into them this late when i can't go and see a rush show that's that's a huge bummer but at the same time i'm I'm really happy that this game got me into their music because it's phenomenal like their music's amazing and i um really excited for it and i think that adds to the last ability of it um i i think like on on the music point um i i know rush because like Buffalo radio plays rush like crazy, like classic rock radio. So I heard it yeah. a lot growing up. Uh, so as somebody who's not like a hardcore rush fan, but who's somebody who's familiar with the band, I appreciate the song selection. Cause there's enough like songs you would have heard on the radio. So, you know, there's like working man and limelight and, and Tom Sawyer and stuff like that. So if you chances are, you're probably going to have heard one of those songs. And then, there's some deeper cuts in there for the for the super fans too, so it's a good yeah. I mean, probably in Canada they know this and and the fans, but like subdivisions, like I fucking love that song, like Big Money. I love like the '80s sound, like it's it's really good. And like, I, like Getty Lee has a call. He's like, this is a really good song. Like, try to make the ball last or something. And I <laughs> and I think like I know what you're saying about band callouts. They're like they're not voice actors, but I I'll contrast this with. GNR because that's the other game in recent memory that had um, the band members do callouts, and there's nothing mem- like I've played your game enough time. There's not a single memorable thing from the GNR game, right? And like this like game, callout wise or, or yeah, callout okay. wise, callout well, wise. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say when Frank says Frank here, yes, correct, <laughs> that's the best one. but not in a good way. <laughs> that's good. Not not in a fucking good way though. I think. Um, first of all, they've just even added, there's a lot of callouts in this game and they just added more in the update. And I think it's, it's authentic. And, you know, Ed, Ed said this, like the band had fun doing the callouts and I can tell like they're joking around in the callouts and it might not be delivered with like a professional, it's not Mark Silk professional voice actor, but it's authentic rush and I gotta imagine like the long-standing fans love it, and it and it you can you I can tell they're having fun. Like it, it, it's fun. They're joking around a lot of the callouts. I can also see somebody who's not a Rush fan finding it maybe annoying. I I 
I get that, you know, um, because they're not professional calls, but it's still really good and it still makes it a super kind of authentic, passionate game. That's fair. I mean, it's it's Rush. I mean, like, that's what you want. You want the band members. I mean, it checks the boxes, right? You want to hear the band members and you also want to hear them doing it where they're not just phoning it in. And there's like, you know, there's a couple cheesy lines. I'm not going to say that there's not and maybe some that aren't maybe could have used another take or two, but overall I definitely, I definitely appreciate it. The more I play and listen to the game, the more I appreciate it. Cool. Uh, toys. So the main toy is the, the time machine, right? Main toy is the time machine. Yeah. Um, let me, I got a picture of that here and we can, we can show off here. Um, so on the premium LE, the, the ramp in front lifts up and down. Right. And in the pro it's just up all the time. Right. In the pro, it's up all the time, correct? Yeah. Um, and I think it's narrower on the pro. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, interesting. I think that's what people have been saying, or it's Weird. like a little more forgiving on the premium slash LE. Of course, when it's in the down position on the premium LE, it's not forgiving. So right. I think it balances itself out. Right. Um, um, the other yeah. the other thing is, as uh, Tess Bishop mentioned in the chat, the clock uh, yes. is... I mean, the clock's awesome. I remember when people... When the game came out, like there was sentiment in the forum, like, oh, I, I, I get pro or premium. I'm going to get the pro on. I don't see the point in the premium rally. And I, can't, I couldn't disagree more. Like, I, first of all, the clock is on, even though, like, it's not something that changes, like, it doesn't interact in the way the time machine does. And we'll talk about that. The clock is fucking awesome. Like what, when you're not, what makes when this you're, awesome? Because I never notice it when I'm playing. Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I think it's it's a it's a nice toy. Like it's a nice kind of whatever you want to call it. Um, it's not a toy because it doesn't interact with the ball, right? So it's just like a feature, a play field feature. Like you can't hit it with the ball, so in that sense, it doesn't interact, but it interacts with the game. Okay. Um, like you know, uh, yeah. It, it interacts with the game, right? And it interacts with, it's always interacting with what's going on in the game. So when you're not playing, it will actually show the time in, in, in real life, IRL. When you're playing, you're trying to get to like midnight. So when you hit the pot, like for a multi-ball, so when you hit the pop bumpers, um, it will make the, it'll make the minutes move on the thing, which is cool, right? Like you can look at that and say, oh, okay, like this is how close I am to that multi-ball. It's got a counter on it. Um, and then when we get into that multi-ball, it like, I don't even understand this rule. I've got to go back and look at it, but it actually like works backwards. And like, that's the value of the jackpots in a way. Like it's crazy, Kev. Okay. Um, and then in working man, like you work, you progress from nine to five. And like every shot is like 10 minutes and you can see the clock like moving up. Like it's just, it's really, I think it's like a really cool toy to have on there. Um, no matter which way you want to classify it, but it definitely interacts with the game. And the pro doesn't have that. Okay. You know, and it's not like that's like, you know, in and of itself enough to say, I'm going to jump to pro to premium. I think the way you justify that is the ramp that moves up and down. It's awesome. I mean, first of all, when I know the ramps up, I know that that shot's ready, which, which is nice indicator for sure. Um, but it also changes the geometry of the game, which is one of my favorite things in the game. Anytime you can change it when it's down, it's like, you know, hitting a sparky shot, hitting the prison shot. It's the classic John Borg up the middle, comes right back at you. 
Um, and when it's up, it's incredibly satisfying because it's also it's like the magnet from Lord of the Rings. It holds the ball for a second, so it gives you that kind of break and play. You can look at the screen. You can pat yourself on the back. Maybe you just pulled off a cool combo, or it, or it's transitioning to a mode. Um, it, there's something oddly satisfying about hitting that shot. The the other big difference is the uh, the wire farm up kicker from that what on the pro is a dead end shot. So this is I I I don't know if this is probably the same for you. I have not played a pro of this game, have you? Um funny you should ask. Uh I I that was the first game I had to play out in Denver. Oh funny. Okay. And I got fucking 2 million on it, of course. <laughs> so I had Well, it's cuz it didn't cheaters. have that return ramp return ramp on it, right? Yeah, um, we're um we're we're getting one for a route, so. Oh nice. Um you'll yeah. you'll get to play it. Cool. Yeah, I really like the uh the that's like one of my favorite shots on the game is just like nailing that. It's a really oh, yeah. easy shot to hit. Um, but it's a good know. bailout shot, yeah, right? Exactly. And uh, you can just, you know, it's like, oh crap, I need to, I need to save this ball. Let's dunk it in there. And then you get a nice clean feedback to your flipper to work from. Um, so I think that that's the, like the biggest standout to me, not having played the, the pro, but it seems like that would be a, a huge miss. Uh, just having that be a dead end shot. With no, yeah, the no pro's got to be brutal trying to get through this game without like that dead end shot is going to come right back at you, right? Like you, you kind of need that. This is this game is coded to be a long playing game. My my highest game is like six billion something, and I was probably playing for like an hour. Wow, um, <laughs> that's that's a lot. So the, um, there's a couple other things. Maybe maybe just one. I think the pro has the diverter. I think it has it. Oh, the the ramp diverter in the back. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. That I don't really understand that how that works. How's that all work? Um, is it just like always lit, and you can always change where it returns to? Yeah, you can always change it. And there's a um, there's lamps to the left and right, so the flashing lamp will show if it's going to return to the left or right. Okay, I find it it's it's nice to have. I'm glad it's in the game. I don't use it a ton, but and you know you're playing a game for like an hour potentially. There's times when you're going to want to set up a shot, so. Yeah, it's good uh, to have. It's like if you know you want to hit a sh- certain shot, you can you can set it up, right? Exactly. And like on um God, I'm going to this is I'm sorry, Rush Fans, Levada Strango, whatever the fuck it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I I love the song. I fucking love the song. I'm sorry. Um I want to join your club, guys. I I want to be, like, be like you. I'm sorry for anything that I've ever said that was bad. I was misguided and, and I wasn't raised right. But um <laughs> On that mode, like it will move it automatically. It's like that's such a cool mode, uh, because it's like a twelve piece, like a twelve movement song. So it will, it will like have you hitting like all the shots in the playfield, and the thing will switch on its own to hit what shot you need to hit. Um, there's just like clever things like that. But the um, the premium and Ellie also has the um, we'll call it like the avatar lock, right? Yep. And that's behind the the um what I would call the Walking Dead stand up targets on the left, um so that's nice because then you can once you knock down those targets, it, you can hit it back there and it will lock the ball like in, in an avatar coffin, and then you can keep on hitting it over and over again to like you know boost the jackpot, which is cool. Versus on the pro, there's just a stand up target doesn't lock; it comes right back at you. So again, look, my recommendation if you're interested in this game, this is this is definitely a premium, for sure. Definitely a premium or rally. Word. Um, I think that's I think that's it. Unfortunately, the, the us premium owners we got gypped on the lighting. Um, oh, yeah. said it was a. They still, uh, they still don't have those available, do they? 
Yeah, well, here's the thing. He, I mean, I'd say it's like, um, you know, bill of materials thing, right? Like it was like it was cost prohibitive, but like I got over that. But I, I, I can't get over the fact that it's not available for purchase still. Like it's like you can't buy it. Yeah, it's and crazy. that fucking that sucks, dude. Yeah, I mean, the game's been out since like January. Yeah. Um, that I'm, I'm sure like Stern's frustrated. Like they want to make money, but it sucks because I, I think on these concert games these music games those are nice touches like they they really are like led zeppelin looks great like i played it in james with those lights it makes a difference it the first I, the first time i played rush was on james's le and then i played patrick's premium and immediately something felt like it was just totally missing like you know like you're at like 80 percent of what the game should be just based on lights which is crazy but it, it when you think thematically it makes sense all right that's a, let's say that was toys. Let's talk about the display and lighting. Uh, so we're, we're kind of getting into the lighting here. Um, what else? Overall impressions of the lighting on a premium with uh, without the expression lights. So fantastic. You know, I think Stern does. I think Stern's got lighting figured out. Um, one of my favorite modes. And it's not like this is the first time this has been done. It's been done in Metallica. Um, but it's. Um, was it was. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. What's the owl song? Fly by night. Fly by night. Yeah. Thank you. Come on, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm new to the club. The owl song. Uh, fly by night. <laughs> the owl song. <laughs> I love that owl. It says when you get a shoot again, it says hoot again. Like yeah. the owl flies through and hits the like. That's the kind of like thing that you know like when you care like when a, there's care put into a game. I love that. But um. Yeah, that multi ball you hit shots and the and the game gets darker and then the only thing that's lit is the uh, time machine, like super cool. There's a lot of cool moments like that. Overall, the lighting's good. Um, there's no other like I can't say there's like a standout moment that is as good as that. But also, I'm I'm missing the uh, expression lighting, which I I'm sure I can talk a hell of a lot more if I had that. Come on, there, Stern. There's the hoot again for you. Oh, oh, fucking hoot again it sh- oh, oh it says on, i didn't realize it says on the play field and it does in the animation like the yeah. animation it says shoot again the owl flies through and, and like knocks out the s yeah it's, love it <laughs> it's right there we love you love all. it it's canadian i fucking love it it's cute <laughs> um gameplay all right this this one's all you because uh you've put a lot more time into this i will say that um this game i liked it right from the beginning gameplay wise uh, the layout is like John Borg's finest. It like takes all of his ideas and puts them into the a package that that shoots the best. So I had actually, I think I talked about it last month, where I had that X Men LE for a couple weeks, like about a month. Uh, it was a temporary thing until I got my my um, Toy Story, and I've always liked that layout. But it it's like it doesn't shoot great. It's a little clunky. This takes that layout and like perfects it you can tell like you put the time and effort into like tweaking the geometry just enough to make it play nice and smooth so when you step up to this game it's going to be fun to shoot and i think that that's one of the first things you really want in a pinball machine it's like okay i like shooting it what else is there so um you know the rules a lot better than i do so why don't don't you talk about the rules and and the gameplay yeah uh, so kevin you know kevin kind of summed it up um i've always said that i've I think my favorite John Borg layout is the X-Men layout. I've always liked it, but I didn't like X-Men. So, you know, knowing John Borg, he recycles a lot of his, his work or tweaks it. Um, 
kind of knew that I was going to get the latest iteration if it was a good game, and it certainly is. This is not, you know, this layout is, God, it goes back more than 30 years, right, Kev? I mean, I think the first time we saw a layout like this kind of, like this style layout was at least um, Funhouse. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, it's Funhouse. I mean, this is a reverse. It's, it's this like is a flipped, reverse. Yeah. It's yeah. flipped. And yeah. then, and, but it's like that style. You know, there are similar shots. Um, you know, then you have Tommy, similar flipped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you have Tron, okay, also which is a lot, yeah, yeah. lot more like those. And then you have X Men, and this is this is this, this. So it's an improvement on this like thirty year old design. And I think, I mean, I I I love it. What I love about it is that the shots feel good. They're not gimme shots, right? Like there's not like it's not easy, but they're findable. And when you get into the, when you kind of get locked into that flow state. And you start hitting them. One of the best things is that you kind of hit like three shots in a row, and then you then you shoot the time machine, and it will hold the ball for a second. And it's like you just fucking did like an Olympic stunt, like you're like a gymnast, and you pulled something off, and you pulled the landing off, and that's a feeling. And I think that's like that's a thing that's hard to articulate why you're enjoying it and why it's good, but what's baked into that. Right, like if these shots were easy and you're doing it constantly, the satisfaction is not there. Like let's say you're just flowing all around the play field, that's fine, and that can work with a theme. What's good about this is that the shots aren't a given; you got to work for them, but they do flow together. And when you and then, but it gives you a break by hitting the time machine, so you're not like constantly like trying like in this loop of like hitting ten shots in a row kind of deal. You get a moment of hitting and stopping, patting yourself on the back, and then continuing that journey. You know, it's funny. I, I I saw a review on Pinside, and somebody's like, "This game has no flow." I was like, "What the fuck game are you playing?" <laughs> like, well, if this game has I no guess, flow. If you're terrible at pinball, I guess no machine has no flow, right? <laughs> I, and flow. I don't know if it's like this I, 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 idea that shots need to be easy. You know, like I, I this game is a a total flow game, and I think you. Here's the thing, you want shots to be challenging enough so that you feel satisfaction. There's also the threat of danger, right? Like being able to land something and pull off a move and do it in a way that's fair is satisfying. And as you progress as a player and get better, that's your reward. Um so I yeah, the game is fantastic. It's um it's a long playing game. You know the out, we've talked about the outlines before, and I've debated when James first got his, he immediately moved it to the position where the pros are. I think they're in the middle. They were like on the easiest settings. They shipped on the easiest settings for the LE and the premium. I kept mine. There, I mentioned this before, and my theory around the time is that this game is coded for where the posts are. And I'm right. I mean, like, it's like Led Zeppelin, right? Like, it's these are long playing games. With that said, I've also gotten basically to the end of the game. The the wizard mode, as of right now, is not programmed in there. Um, but every game's not like that. I mean, when I was I was attacking this game when it, the Stern was doing the insider connected thing, and I'd have games where I'd get like, you know, ten million or something, or maybe forty, and I just couldn't couldn't do anything and then i'd have a game that's like a billion and then a game that's three billion and then finally six billion after a month 
um, you know, again, that's getting into the flow state and just, you know, as you get deeper, you start getting extra balls and it helps. Um, but yeah, in terms of gameplay, the gameplay is fan, just fantastic. Just that you're right, Kevin, you said it yourself. This is the best version of, of that. And I, this is my favorite Borg layout. I think this is, it's hard to imagine it done any better. And, and what's, what's interesting too, it's got those like walking dead lock shots. And this is where I get tripped up when that light is flashing and I can lock the ball for a multi-ball and I can't hit that shot. And I, I hear my inner voice, like just fucking ignore it, Nick. And I <laughs> get like, stubborn no, get this time. <laughs> and then I drain. So like uh, that, that's cool as well. Yeah, hear that. We haven't gotten to the rules yet. I just was tackling the gameplay because I wanted to do justice to um, you know, one of my favorite layouts in pinball. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. I agree. Uh, I'm I, I like this layout a lot. I think that's it's one of one of the best things it's got going for it. It's just like a, a super great layout, and it's it's hard to argue with that. Um, I will I will I should say, Kev, this is a, a point to bring it up. Um, I think Skip was chiding us for not mentioning the scoop and oh, stuff. Scoop. So let, yeah, let's talk I, about the while issues. We're talking about layouts. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the negatives I think that about this game, and it's um, just some weird things, weird adjustments. So, when if you've not been paying attention, you're living in a cave. When this game first came out, um, there was an issue with the scoop. The scoops were getting bent. There's two scoops on it. The scoop protectors were getting bent. Yeah, so the, the and picture was, you're seeing here doesn't have any protectors yeah. on it at all. So, and then uh. And which is bizarre because, I mean, look, CERN's been doing scoops forever, uh, uh, protectors. Well, I shouldn't say forever, but they've been doing it long enough. So it was really surprising that the scoop protectors were getting bent. And what's you know bad about that is that it was digging into the play field and causing chipping and destroying some like early games in it, around the scoop. So then Stern came out with like a, almost like a 2.0 of the scoop protector, and that lasted a little bit longer but still had issues. And then they came out with 3, 3.0, which are these like fucking nubs that change the geometry of the shot. It makes it a little harder to hit that shot because there's kind of walls around the sides of the scoop rather than the scoops just being open. Um, and, you know, you, you know what's going on. You know that's not the way the game was designed. There was a problem with the scoops for whatever reason. They were shipping them out like that, and engineering quickly had to, you know, they can't stop the game on the line. They had to come up with a solution, and their solution was, not exactly elegant. So this is the one that Kevin's got <laughs> the picture. I got, I got the nubs. Yeah, that's putting it kindly. I got the nubs. And, you know, changing that out is like an hour-long task. You know, Matt Taylor helped me out, which was awesome. Really appreciate it. But I want to play the game the way the designer intended it. So those nubs are not the way the game the designer intended it. Like They should be ripped off. And that sucks. Like it sucks to buy a new game, and you got to do that because Stern messed this up pretty badly. Um, shout out to Ninja Camp Mods. Uh, he made a great mod. The mod's holding up. Everyone seems happy with it. You know, give it to the third party people have to fucking solve these problems. Um, but it's not easy switching those out. Not easy. It's at least an hour. It's a pain in the ass. Um, and then there's other issues. For example, Kev, you like that? You know, up kicker shot on the premium well that uh that gets a lot of rejects on it so i had to buy another mod from ninja camp and kind of put a backstop and uh even now when i just waxed my game and my game's fast i, I get a bunch of rejects from that even with the the backstop on there this is like the uh, ninja camp mod right yeah 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 that's a scoop mod yeah yep. okay 
Yep. So I, nice I played ele- yours like this, and I played uh, James's like. It's this like it's not this. rubber. Some I don't know what the material is, but you know it's like bendable, flexible, like and it just works, right? Why right. Why Stern can't do that? Why Stern can't figure it out? It's pr- the funny thing is it's probably even cheaper than um, what Stern was using. Go figure. Um, they should just pay him money and start putting out the games. It's like I don't know why they don't do that shit. Um, so the um, up kicker shot was you get a bunch of rejects from it. They, they should have put some padding or felt or something to deaden it. So I, that's another thing you got to do when you get the game. More money you got to spend. The um, Some people, I, I, I sort of have this problem sometimes, and sometimes I don't. I don't know what it is. But some people have the problem where you shoot the spinner, and they actually, on Pinside, somebody had to do a slow-motion video to figure out what's going on. It's coming through so fast that it's hitting like a wall and bouncing back before the gate can come down and prevent it from doing so. So there's just, there's some annoying things about this game. And oh yeah, there's also like some rattle in the shooter lane so you don't get a clean feed. There's some annoying things that you have to do in this game where you have to invest more time and money to kind of get it playing like you want to play. It's not the worst thing. I mean, God, there's so many better examples of games that are just trash out of the box. And there's probably so many people that have not done this and are probably having a blast playing it. But, you know, for people like us who who know the way the game should be played and, you know, when something's wrong, you're going to have to invest some time and money fixing it. I, f- I found a picture of a mangled, uh, this one of the original Ugh. Stern scoop protectors. Look at that. I don't know what the hell happened, man. Yeah, I don't know. That is so bad. <laughs> it's That's a, so like, bad. People were getting them and playing them on location for like, 10 games and then they, here's here's what would happen like the balls would just get stuck and hung up on it i will and, say my game has like the best clear i've ever seen on a stern game it's phenomenal um there is a point where somebody in the factory screwed in i see that condom on there there's <laughs> there's that uh, <laughs> what, what the hell is that it's just, <laughs> i don't know pins there is that <laughs> um you know somebody drilled a post and uh, there might be some shipping on my game i have no i think it's fine but like yeah the, the clear is really good on this game too that i got I'm, tr- I'm trying to find I've, there's some some great photos of the mangled uh, scoops that <laughs> just got wrecked uh all right so that's uh that's t- why don't we get into the uh the gameplay or the the rules so uh there's a lot going on here rules wise yeah a lot going on i think i think it's simple enough to step up to the game and figure out what's going on um the game actually gives a lot of information to the player on the screen. It's hard to see because you, there's not a lot of real estate on the uh, Stern LCD screen, but to their credit, you know, they've got a lot of information presented on there. So if you could take a moment to look at that, you can kind of get a sense of what's going on, right? Trap the ball, see what's up. Um, but it's pretty basic. You hit you hit the record shots after you hit, like, I think three shots. The time machine's um, lit, and you start a mode. The mode will tell you what to hit. Uh, um, what shots to go for, what the shots to do, and then you play it. I mean, that's right there. That's it. And then you shoot the time machine for multi balls, but it's not that simple, right? Like uh, for like, there's 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 more to bite off, more to chew, more nuance, and that's why the game really shines. That's why um, you know, Tim and Raymond as as a coding duo, rule wise, they're they're fucking awesome, man. You know, there's there's things in there for getting unique combos. And it's Kevin, it's kind of like the star map on Pirates, how there's like unique combos in the game. And if you do like a combo that's associated with an album, it will give you um, like, um, I think it's called the weapon. It's just like a boost you can use, like either it's, if it's during a multi ball, if you've collected that album, it will add a ball. Or if you're in the song mode shot, it will complete some shots on there. 
Um, each mode is, is, is cool and unique, I think, in terms of the way it's laid out. Like I mentioned um, Levito, Vostrongo, whatever. I'm sorry. Again, it's messing up. I mentioned Rookie <laughs> Man. but like, going down. You know, big money is is like you can keep on cash. You can keep on like collecting the shot by hitting the time machine, or you can hit other shots and build up like a X, two X, three X, and then hit the time machine, which is cool. Um, Spear of the radio, you can hit the spinner to increase the other shots in the game. Hit the other shots, and then the up kicker shot will cash it out whatever you built up. So you can build up to five million, six, ten, whatever. I mean, you can keep on building that up and cashing it out. Um, and the rules are such that like you're trying to get from, I think it's 2011 to um, 21-12. You're trying to get there. And like the way you progress through the game is like if you get like the double super jackpot in a multi-ball, you go up five years. Um, or if you, if you play a mode and complete a mode, you go up like two years. If you get a hundred million in the mode, you go five years, right? So like you'll see the time machine you'll see what year you're in and you see it going up. And then as you hit certain milestones in the game, it's like you unlock things like, uh, multi-balls are now like one less shot to start. Right. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that. There's like instrument bonuses where increase like the pop bumper. Uh, there, there's like six, six multi-balls in, in the game to get through not including I think the wizard modes. Then you get into the wizard modes and one of the wizard modes like Cygnus book two is there's stages in it. And one of the stages are the flippers are reversed. One is that the flippers start up and when you hit it, it makes it go down. I think, um, um, weird. I'll copy that shit. Um, there's a think of games that have had inverted flippers before that inverted flippers. Yeah. I think, um, like, uh, Oktoberfest had it and stuff, you know, there's been gimmicky stuff like that. Yeah, before. it's it's just got a lot going on, man, and um, it's just a lot of care, a lot of intent, uh, uh, attention yeah. went into this. There's no crazy um, like multipliers in the game, for better or for worse. Right? I think like right. one of the best things for Zeppelin is like if you take out the multiplier in Zeppelin, yeah, that game kind of that game does fall apart in many ways. Mm-hmm. Not having multipliers in rush doesn't really hurt it um but yeah there's lacking you can multiply shots for sure like you know like you like in games how you pick a shot to be multiplied that kind of deal but yeah i think that's a good overview i know you're not terribly familiar with it so it's kind of yeah i just know the basics like start a mode bring in a multi-ball you know i know i know there's more layers there and that's what you want as a for a game that you're gonna have at your house right you want like the the base objectives and then like the extra stuff to go for once you really get into a game so, so someone's saying they need some streams for me. We'll do, uh, we'll do some bro shows in the fall on uh, all my new, new games. Oh yeah. So we'll get, we'll get rush. I'll, I'll do a good tutorial. Um, well, which is the nice thing that. once I spend some time with it. Um, one thing I should say that I really liked what they've done. This is what the insider connected is that you can, um, the Cygnus book one and two, that's not available as a song selection, but when you, get to it you unlock it on your player profile so then you can select it in the beginning of the game but also anybody else playing the game with you can also select it like i love that i love i saw somebody whining on pin side that's not selectable it's like dude this is like the fucking video game stuff like you've you've you you earned earn yeah, you earn, yeah. yeah you gotta earn some stuff yeah that's what i i like about the profile system on the p3 is 
all right, I can log in. I can be logged into my account. And then if I reach a certain objective on the game, I can set a save state and then I can go back and play that. But only once I've earned it, right? Like once I, once I get right. there. So it's like, it's like those mini modes in uh, Avengers and Walking Dead or um, Jurassic Park, uh, but you have to earn it. And then it's like, okay, now I can practice it because I, I got there on my own. Yeah. And there's a lot of songs in the game. So it's not like you're starving for songs. So it just, it's that just nice feeling of achievement. Um, I love, I love that they did that. I think it's fantastic. Don't listen. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Cause one person whines on pin side. Fuck them. <laughs> and you know, we can all enjoy the things we enjoy. And you know, without that, it, like I enjoy this meme, by the way, this is, this is a good meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you know sometimes pin side really comes through and that's one of those times all yeah. right let's talk about last ability so you've said um i don't have this in my home so i don't know like from a homeowner perspective what the the last ability is you said it's a long playing game you've gotten to the end of it already but you can always toughen up games later to to give it more challenge right so where do so, you see yeah, where do you see this so, game lasting uh long term so yes and no i mean like the Wizard mode's not programmed in yet. So I've got to, I didn't get to 2112. I got to 2111. Okay. And, um, and that sucks. Like it sucks that like I've had the game for a month and I've kind of, I've gone through everything that's in it already. Like, I don't like that. I failed to mention in my game room updates, I beat Led Zeppelin like two weeks ago, but that's after a year. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and once you beat a game, then it's almost like on the chopping block. I, I look I'm a, I'm an exception for like when I'm reading last ability I I see people complaining on pin side they can't get anywhere in this game. So for most people you can't compare it to what I can do in the game and you know I can always I you know if I if I do get bored of it I like this game so much and there's so much in there and I haven't beaten it yet so I can't count my one game that I did and that was out of I don't know how many games I've played when I was really gunning for it. Um I think it has great last ability. I, I really, despite all that, I, I really do. And even to the point that if I do get to the end, I'll just move the outlines and make it harder. Uh, I think the game is so fun. Like I love music pins. It's not like I own every one, but there's something magical. And I think this is um, Stern's best music pin for sure. And that's saying a lot. I know people love Iron Maiden, but there's, there's a love and intention that went in with the band being involved. Um, I think Tim and Raymond crushed it on the rules. There's, there's a lot there. Um, the presentation's great. This is Stern. Uh, this is Borg's best design, I think. Uh, there's there's so much to love about this game, and you know everybody loves Godzilla, and I, I like it. Like if I had to right now, if you ask me, if I had to keep one game in my collection, either Godzilla or Rush, it would be Rush, and it, that's a close call. Like I ask me six months from now, I think that's the real thing. Do I like Rush or Godzilla better? Um, you know, maybe some people think I'm crazy, but I've talked to other people like James and Patrick and they're like, they're, they're playing Rushmore and they're like, and they're leaning towards Rush. Right. And, and everybody's different. I think, um, I think, and I don't, I don't mean this to devolve into a Rush versus Godzilla, but it's unavoidable in some ways because they both came out recently and they're both phenomenal games. I think, um, you know, beginner players are always going to gravitate to Godzilla. It's very friendly. You can do cool things. I think maybe for more seasoned players, um, then it becomes a more interesting choice and in what game's better. I say, listen, just buy both. They're both fantastic. I'm very fortunate to have both in my collection. <laughs> just buy both. <laughs> Easy. 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 Easy and cheap. 
and and don't take up any space at all. It's better than putting <laughs> money in the bank. Well, that, that that's for sure. Pinball investment. Let's go. Um, yeah. So there you go. Let's put a number on it. What do you say numbers wise? Get get Nick of Rick and Morty. He'll never beat it. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. This game is. I I want to give it a ten. I'm gonna give it. I I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. Um, just because of some frustrating manufacturing issues. Um, just because I think that ten's a sacred number for a pinball machine. I don't know if I've ever given any game a ten, but my God, if there's any game that I give a ten, it would be this one. I'll give it nine per five because it's hard to find that perfect game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if ten is achievable, but you know, maybe someday, maybe, maybe Godzilla once it has all its updates and everything will be a ten. But it's really got a. I think you know the the art not being great keeps it from being a 10 too like you'd have to have like the best art ever it had to have like the best art right yeah, and that's yeah. like no knock on the art like i mean 10 is just like how do you get to the that's like 10 saying it's like perfect so 9.5 my god this is this game's awesome yeah. this game like if 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 you given a look and you didn't get it spend some more time with it read the rules um you know maybe it's still not for you but if you're not a rush fan dude i didn't i didn't care for rush going into it I think it's fantastic. Rush is an awesome band. I'm glad that they got a um, game that's up to their caliber as musicians. Some kudos to uh, Ed for his input and everything he did with it. I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm. Martha loves it too. I think I asked Martha, and she owns Godzilla. I think she likes Rush better. So for whatever that's worth, anybody wondering about it, I, th- I think this falls into the. For me, it falls into the solid game category. I'd give it an eight. So. Um... Solid game. I don't think it's one I would own. Maybe I don't know, uh, but I do really like playing it. Uh, every time I get a chance to step up, real solid game. Great layout from uh, from John Borg, and uh, a really fun fun overall game to play. So, uh, <laughs> Tess Bishop is happy that you're stoked. So there you go. Um, yeah, Tess Bishop sounds like he likes it. If she yeah. likes it, yeah, dude, right, the so- game's awesome. That is, uh, that's going to do it for the, for the main portion of, of Brody even talk pinball, but boy, do we have a bonus for you? I call it bathroom breaks. Bath- bathroom break. <laughs> we have a supersized topper talk with Goran coming at you. <laughs> Here, here's what he said about it. He says it's with Ryan McQuaid. He talks about the design and creation of roller coaster tycoon his interactive topper that he made for it. It's slightly longer if that's okay with you. Future topper talks will be back to their regular length. The <laughs> one with Ryan is really interesting, though. So, so <laughs> stick around. For it doesn't. It doesn't instill confidence. <laughs> but you gotta put a disclaimer in front oh, of it. Oh, well, here he's there. He's with. Uh, he's there. He's with the, the, That's the, a test going. Caps. Yeah. Make sure you're paying attention. All right. Uh, until next month, uh, we'll see you around. Uh, stop by the stream uh, Thursday. I think is going to be the return of Small Town this week. He's got he's got something going on on Wednesday, but. He might finally have his Godzilla to play for you on Thursday. So uh, tune in for that and, and more streams coming up on the channel from me and from, from Dave with, at Dave's Arcade. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy yourself some Topper Talk, and we will see you next time. It's Topper Talk with Goran right now. Let's all have some fun. This is about plastic on top of your pin. Go and buy one now. There's a topper here and a topper there. Here a topper, there a topper, everywhere a topper. It's critical to the gameplay experience. You must buy one now. It's your monthly fill of toppers right now. Topper talk with Gorin. Hello, 
everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tupper Talk with Gorn, the part of the podcast where Kevin and Nick give me about three to five minutes to talk about everything happening in the very active and profitable Topper community. Now today, we're probably going to go over three to five minutes again, because Ryan McQuaid is back with us to talk about his roller coaster tycoon Topper, so let's head into the office to talk about that now. Okay, so here we are in the office with American Pinball Game Designer, Ryan McQuaid. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Um, so uh, last Topper Talk, we chatted about your wonderful uh, custom uh, Sonic Spinball Topper. But today, um, we're going to be chatting about your custom Topper that you made for Roller Coaster Tycoon, which is which is really interesting to talk about because with Sonic, you had made that pinball machine and then you made a Topper for it. But now you're taking an existing pinball machine and actually... Um, creating a brand new integrated topper uh, into the game. So let me share my screen here with some of the images that you sent me, and I would love for you to chat a little bit about uh, what's going on here. Yeah, so um, this one, we're going a little bit further back. This is before I had done any um, custom work or anything. I was still just doing restorations. That's how I got my background. I've, I've been doing a lot of pinball restorations for a number of years. And one of the games that I've always wanted to do was Roller Coaster Tycoon because that was my, as I call them, pizza shop games. Everyone has that like that one game that they had down at the local bowling alley or pizza shop or wherever you used to play when you were a kid. Um, and so that's the one you sunk all your quarters into. And for me, that was Roller Coaster Tycoon. Uh, the local bowling alley only had one pinball machine and its replay was set so low that I could play like reliably on um, a couple of quarters, which is all I really had um, for quite a long time. And so I really grew to love the game. Um, and I was able to track one down a couple of years back. Um, and so as part of the restoration, I decided I wanted to kind of give it a last little flourish on top and uh, make this working roller coaster model. Um, so to give you a little bit of a background of what this thing's made of so people always ask me like oh what did you what did you use to make this one and that, that's a valid question um so there is an old model roller coasting model remodel roller coasting i guess that's a that's a new term <laughs> a new verb for you um there's an old roller old model roller coaster set called coaster dynamics or made by a um made by a company called coaster dynamics yeah. unfortunately um for people looking to make heuristic Toppers, um, they they're only doing Legos now, which is fine. That they're, they're doing some great products, but they don't look like particularly realistic. So I had to kind of go back and try to find myself a set of these things. Um, and I searched for months and months, and I was trolling eBay, and um, I was never able to get a hold of a kit of these Coaster Dynamics kits because they, I mean, they looked they were the right size, and they they looked really uh, like they would fit the theme of the modern like metal coaster designs um and i'd seen some of the things that some of the people who had these kits were able to do with them and i was like that's perfect that's exactly what i want to do um so after a long time of searching i was able to find a single incomplete expansion pack to one of these kits so it wasn't even it was not a full kit it was only like a few extra pieces um it was the lift kit a couple of tracks and a couple of the track holder pieces um, and then all those little spine bits that hold the the rails to the to the actual track so i, I figured that was enough 
for me to figure out the rest. Um, I have a background in 3D printing and I'm just over, overall pretty handy. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna buy this and I'll, I'll see what I can come up with from there. Um, so if you wanna move to one of the, some of the pictures of the construction, yeah. I can I get into what it's, what it's made of other than that. So um, that's, that's the finished car. Um, then we're painting it. So uh, that's the baseboard is made of um, PVC pipe and custom printed flanges to um, hold those to the base, um, along with a couple of, um, you know, braces in the middle. And they're all topped with the original um, kits track holder um, setups. Um, luckily, the kit that I purchased had enough of those that I didn't end up having to recreate too many, but I did end up re um, recreating some of those because um, I needed more and I was breaking a few of them. Right. Um, but when, when that, because I had it in my hand, it wasn't that hard to recreate and uh, start 3D printing some of those. Um, so I was able to do whatever I wanted with it when it keeps going through these pictures. So these pictures were, um, I, I had to pull them from quite an old archive so i don't really remember a lot of it so i'm just going to be kind of narrating what i hear so this right here is the drive gear uh, the uh -oh. drive gear was the achilles heel of this entire unit it was normally made of plastic like completely plastic in fact one of the pictures i sent you is of this drive gear broken i think um, i have that at the end because i wasn't sure yeah is this it that's okay i sent these to you in a completely nonsense order there it <laughs> is so that's the original drive gear for the for the coaster dynamics lift kit um and that was after maybe like an hour's worth of testing like the thing just snapped it was so poorly made um, and just not, it was just woefully inadequate to the task that they wanted this thing to do i'm amazed that um, this was still like the way that it came and that it hadn't been redone. So the one you were just looking at was my attempt to make a metal shaft for that um, drive gear to try to make it stronger so I could use it. Um, and that worked for a little while. It, it got me, um, this topper was built and debuted at, um, was built for and debuted at Fantastic 2019. Right. Um, and it got me through two and a half days of that show before it broke down again and i couldn't get it running uh, the, the plastic teeth of this gear started to strip out and it wasn't able to get up the hill anymore uh, and unfortunately i haven't really been able to come up with a replacement since then so it only really worked for two and a half days but it, uh, everyone was very excited for it for those two and a half days <laughs> i'm still on a quest for someone who can like machine me one of these or, or something um i've had no luck being able to do it myself um, i'm thinking of trying to get it 3d printed in metal but we'll, we'll see how that goes um so I, I think a little later on there were some pictures of the initial um failed designs that i had start come up with for this so originally Is this i one? was going to have it do this big spiral on the way down um and then like do a little bit of wavy action at the end there and it was like, nice and tall um and if you go a little further what ended up happening as a result of this was my car would get stuck on it. So right there, that looks to you probably like a car that's in the middle of a like descent down this track, but really that is a, it is completely bound up and not moving at all. And I can't even push it up and down the track with my hands. Um, and it turns out, I thought it was because of my track design and I thought I was bending it too much and all this other stuff, but it turns out it was a bad design of the car. So um, the car I actually had to completely design for myself because I could not get any of the cars from the original kit. 
So I basically had to start from scratch and find some, make something that could ride these rails. Um, and this, this was the first attempt and I had the four wheels all in static positions. And the problem was that they weren't able to bend. So they were four wheels that were always in the same pace, place relative to each other and they could not adjust to the track bending. So it just did not work. Um, if you straightened out the track a little bit, it would roll down it. And so that's what I thought the problem was. Um, so that's why I, re I did the redesign. Um, in, in the end, I'm glad I did the redesign because I like the classic loop. Um, in, in, I, I didn't really like the uh, just spiral down design. I didn't really think it did much from a player's perspective. It didn't really have a lot of um, appeal from the player's angle when it was on top of the game. So we ended up redesigning all of this. But so this went through a, quite a few iterations um, before it ended up being a working and um, functional piece. Um, so I, I'm not sure if I have any other car iterations in the picture dump I sent you. But yeah, there, there we are prototyping the initial, um, the, uh, like the final design. Um, yeah. We're scooting it as far left as possible. So it kind of hangs off the pin a little bit. I kind of wanted to do that and to give it a little bit of danger. Yeah. Um, just, oh, we're falling. Like you're falling right off. You're going straight toward the ground, um, <laughs> and it gives it a, a lot of momentum to make it around that loop de loop, uh, which apparently I have a thing for. <laughs> huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a thing for loop de loops, huh? Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> so later on, I I finally figured out what was wrong with the cars, and if you go back to the oh, finished, go part, back. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm sorry, these are all out of order. So now you'll see that we have individual two-seater cars that are linked together instead of the four-seater you saw before. Um, and this allows the individual sets of wheels to um, twist relative to each other. And that way, it doesn't care what the track is doing. It's able to follow it, no problem. Um, two wheels don't have the same restrictions because they're the rails are always the same distance apart in that direction it was the other the third dimension that would cause the binding so once i came across this idea it really it really started to work out um, and then i ended up with the um the two wheels on top one retaining wheel um solution by actually looking at real roller coasters yeah it's and, a, real, uh, a real car design <laughs> yeah it's a real car design that's that's really just what it is yeah. um and once i once i got this design running it, it it really did work well um and i was really happy with it um so everything everything printed on this is printed in abs plastic and for that reason uh, i mean the reason the reason we're using abs plastic instead of a more forgiving material like PLA or something like that is because you can see it's nice and shiny. Um, yeah. And that's not paint. That is actually all the original plastic color on the car no right way. there. Um, I thought it not painted, painted to me. So that's, it's that's not really painted and it's not clear coated. So there's another picture in here somewhere of a, what looks like a rice cooker with these pieces in it. Um, and that is called, that's a process called ABS vapor smoothing right here. So what you do is you have, I have a little old rice cooker that was only ever used for this one purpose. You put your parts in there with a little bit of acetone. Mm -hmm. um, and then you turn your rice cooker onto the lowest setting, like just the, the keep warm setting. And that's enough to boil the acetone off into the air. And acetone actually melts ABS plastic. So what ends up happening is it melts the outermost layer, the vapor melts the outermost layer of the plastic 
and it fuses it together and it just gives it this nice smooth shiny like surface um, and you can also see that I had the little yellow um, arm arm stop pieces as like on it as I was doing this and that, that also fuses those together better than any glue ever could well, um, so you, those are now one piece forever and, and then you lose which is positive you lose the the layer lines which I never really yeah. liked looking at in a 3D yeah. part which you know this for example didn't have the process done I'm guessing and you can see each individual layer oh yeah that was 100% a prototype I was right. prototyping yeah, so. there was a there was a there was a black, boring prototype of the working one, too, before right. I finally was like, right, this one works, let's make it for real. Right. But yeah, in the end, yeah, it just looks like a solid, you know, piece that was not made by 3D printing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, as for game integration, because you did manage to tell everybody that already. Um, so this, this topper is integrated into the game. Um, I hooked it into the switch for the yellow rocket ramp, which is kind of like the biggest shot in Roller Coaster Tycoon that they always want you to hit. Um, it's the hardest shot to hit because it's from the upper flipper. It's a classic Pat Lawler design. Um, and it almost always will give you whatever you need. Like if any, all the modes are like shoot, you know, shoot the pop bumpers, shoot this ramp, whatever. But the unspoken rule is always or the yellow ramp. Like this mode is shoot pops or the yellow ramp. This other mode is shoot the blue ramp or the yellow ramp. Like they're all the yellow ramp just gives you everything always. So like it's it's the best shot in the game and it's the hardest one to make. So I figured I wanted to reward it. Um, it also takes quite a while for your ball to get back to you from that shot. So it has a nice long show of shooting up the uh, vertical up kicker. Then it goes down. A big, long, swooping yellow roller coaster type ramp, and to a kicker in a ball lock in the bottom left of the game, and then it kicks back up and returns through the blue roller coaster ramp. So it's going; it's got all kinds of stuff that it's doing, um, which gives me plenty of time to allow the player, if they so choose, to watch the topper go off before their ball gets back to them. Cool. So actually. The whole thing is programmed with an Arduino. Um, we're just waiting for the yellow roller coaster switch to release. Um, I, I'm tapped into the normally closed side of that switch so that the game, I'm not interfering with the game's switch matrix, switch matrix at all. Um, so we're using this, the normal ground, but also every switch in a pinball machine has, uh, most of them do, have a normally open and a normally closed side. So the game uses the normally open side so whenever you close the switch, it registers. Um, so we use the other side to not interfere. And so the game is, um, the, the brain of the topper is monitoring a switch that is held down. And whenever that switch is released is when it's, at, is when it's activating. Um, so when you do that, it, um, there's a homing switch at the top of the, um, top of the lift ramp. So you don't actually watch it go up the lift. When you release it, it just starts on the track, um, and it sure. takes eight seconds from hitting from that release to um, to go down around the loop and back to the um, back to the bottom where it makes its slow trek back up the ramp while you're doing other things. Um, and I timed it in the Roller Coaster Tycoon game. It takes you eleven seconds to get your ball back, um, so you have time to watch the topper or the ball, depending on what you want and not lose your ball. So like, it's not just a like spectator kind of thing. 
that's awesome that's that's really great because yeah most of the time you're not looking at the topper so that's cool um shall i pull up the video really quick so everyone oh yes please what it does um, if you're using audio be prepared for my friend nick senate um he expressing his enthusiasm in this video he was kind enough to take the recording for me i'll turn it down ever so slightly <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. All right. I'm going to hit play. Yeah, the video is nine seconds long. So. Yeah, this is at Fantastic 2019. Awesome. Here we go. Yeah! <laughs> very There's cool. my boy. <laughs> That's very and so, cool. yeah, we have, we have the lights that um, it's just a couple of LED strips pointed up, just kind of give it some up lighting. Um, and those flash when you set it off. And then they just stay on for the duration of the show, and then they turn off when like it's doing its boring thing, going back up the, back up the track. That's awesome. This is a really great topper. If I had a roller coaster tycoon and and uh, and you could get that that gear and the proper parts for it, I may try to talk you into making another one. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have asked me like if I would sell those toppers, and um, I would have. I, I probably really would have if I could get the parts. Get the parts. Yeah. Um, I got able to reproduce some of them, but I can't reproduce them all, and I still haven't found a solution for that drive gear. Um, so I, I just never ended up doing it. Got it. That makes sense. Well, overall. Um, between last topper talk and this topper talk, we've seen two awesome toppers um, that you've created, and and I really can't wait to see um, what you create at American Pinball in terms of game design. But heck, maybe we'll even see a topper uh, from you at American. Oh, I'm 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 hoping to design a topper. I'm I'm kind of gonna just go kind of do that on my own and see if anyone likes it, and maybe we'll get some top some nice toppers from some American games. But I'm definitely interested in designing some cool toppers. And I have a few um, ideas that I'm already very excited for. That's awesome. Well, when those happen, we'll have to have you back on Topper Talk to talk about them. Absolutely. I'd love to. Well, thank you again for coming on to the show. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for having me again. No problem. Have a good one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's uh, episode of Topper Talk with Gorn. Tune into the next Bro Show for another episode. And as always, get out there and buy a Topper. Thank you for coming to my Topper Talk. Thank you.